Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Ooh, you suck! More on that later. Who, who, who said that? Who did that? <laughs> I'm surprised you're wearing that hat because did of that? my lice issue. I don't have one. I'm just kidding. All right, anyway, with us on the line is our Florida connection, Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Huh. Okay. I can make one chord sound interesting. Wait, that's not him. That's a face player. He's strumming it in different look. It's the same chord. You don't want to know the first thing that comes to my mind. It's the same chord. It's a single chord the whole time. It's hilarious. He's not doing anything. He's still chewing on it, I see. He's still playing with it, yeah. Alright, let's let Phil get this thing done here. Oh, you're gonna let it go. Oh, that that just nailed it. Oh, there you go. Okay, so we needed to give him a little bit extra to rate it better. Okay. No, good. it's... So the first thing that came to my head, just the first chord, was the Full House theme. <laughs> didn't think of that it's been and, a long and, time and when it did the little break that was it that was like the end of it as they're going into the house um oh now i remember it okay yeah 4.2 a... i mean it wasn't great but it wasn't the worst thing i've ever heard i mean yeah i can see it give it a minute is that impala Yeah, it was just up to that point. Yeah, just to be- just the really beginning of you know, Uncle yeah. Jesse, John Stebos. I I just totally went back to my youth. Yeah, that was a weekly occurrence on when well we didn't have cable, so it was very easy for us to find it. Rabbit ears. Anyway, all right. So we typically start the episodes off with personal updates. No oh boy, do we have personal updates because. Uh, at least two thirds of the show attempted to race this weekend. Jesse, attempted. We'll get into it. Jesse, I will give you first dibs on this one because I got a lot to say. <laughs> first off, though, I will start with one thing. As a racer, we can find anything to bitch about, and uh, even the best things that happen to us, which is the ACT and pass people, um, renting the track. Well, not renting. I guess it's leasing, right? Leasing right. the oval track so that it's uh, actually running instead of it just sitting there dormant, which is amazing. It's it's so nice to have these people in uh, a position to lease out this racetrack and actually give us a place to race and all the stuff that they do and all the staff that they bring with it. It's all amazing. The only bitch that I really had was I had two. You know, it was the the two-day ticket thing that I had to pay for, but that ended up being moot in the end because I ended up going two days anyway. Uh, So that's not really a problem. Uh, And then it was the Friday-Saturday situation for us. And I know that I'm biased in this, but bear with me. Um, 
the street stock sportsman, whatever you want to call them, division routinely brings the most cars, the most counts, the most support to this racetrack. Where did they park us? When with the mini we were, stocks. Yeah, with the mini stocks, but they parked us. What's the worst place that you could park at Thompson, Phil? In the swamp. Yes, they parked us in the swamp. There was open asphalt around the mountain. There was open asphalt in the middle of the skid pad. But we parked in the swamp, where every time we walked, our feet got wet, and we barely could get our race cars out because it was soaked all day, no matter what it I did. barely could get my truck in because it's a two-wheel uh, yeah. princess. Yeah, mine's also two-wheel drive. I purchased it that way because I didn't want to drive it in winter and ruin it. Uh, which has worked out pretty well because the amount of rust that has gotten onto it in the last 11 years is incredibly minimal. Um, Yeah, we barely could even pull into our parking spot, much less we couldn't work in it. We couldn't do anything. Like, we put boards under our jacks to get them to work, and even that sank into the ground. Um, I could sit there and actively watch my wheels sink into the ground in my truck and trailer. I am shocked we were able to even get out of there that night without the use of a tow truck. So I know that there's all sorts of people who, you know, it's a class. It's an obvious unspoken class system in racing. I get it. And I get it because if you spend the most money, you get the most privilege, and I get that. But um, support should count for something. And I'm grateful that we got to race in front of the big crowd, which is showing us appreciation so i like that that's nice but don't park us in the freaking swamp you know the swamp should be a last resort yeah that's the last resort if you run out of spots that should be overflow for everyone who shows up late especially with the amount of rain you guys had gotten recently we literally got rain the night before yeah and And then the night after yep and then the night after and we were literally Watching people with four-wheel drive getting stuck and spinning all four wheels trying to get out of there. And people in golf carts would come driving by, and there would be water hydroplaning off of their tires as they drove through the grass. I'm like, this is unfit for human consumption. Like, you can do way better than this. You know, they said, oh, you can move to the bee paddock once everybody else is gone on Sunday. Like, oh, thank you. You know, but that was just kind of a kick in the ass. Because, like, we bring the most support, and you said so at the driver's meeting, but you stuck us in the swamp. Like, come on, we're race car drivers, too. Just because we can't afford a $80,000 freaking modified doesn't mean we're, you know, we're not asking for the garages. I don't even want the garage. I would take behind the damn mountain before I took that again. I would take... Uh, I would take on the mountain. I would take the parking lot. Uh, yeah, I would st- <laughs> I'd park there, too. <laughs> I would take the parking lot. But come on, we got we can't even well the problem was is if it was dry, like if it was like the speed bowl where it was just kind of gravelly, whatever, that's fine. You know, I could take that. But it's like oh. this was unworkable. Like unworkable. That would be my suggestion too, is you don't have to pave it, you don't have to put down gravel, just get millings. Like millings is not the most expensive thing in the world. The speedball has piles of them sitting out in the back park. They're lot not still. gonna do that for someone who leases the track for six races. Well, you know what? You don't have to. You don't. You know what? You don't have to mow, grab uh, asphalt <laughs> or gravel. 
Well, they're not going to do that for us because it's, you know, we we run six times a year and they don't give a shit because why would they? That's we're the well, vast minority at this point. Let's be clear, it's not the act pass guys that don't give a shit. It's track ownership. Yeah, but track ownership didn't put us in the swamp. So, again, this is a very specific bitch, but other than that, eh, it was all right. You know, other than that, other than not being able to get tire temps or work on my car, uh, it was all right. So, Local regular support classes should get preferential treatment. Yeah, I mean, we're the ones bringing people in every single race. So, it, And realistically, there's a way to lay that place out, even in the B paddock up top, where you can have four rows of trailers the vintage and make, and make it work the goddamn vintage modifieds had flat asphalt to pit on they're a rolling car show they're not even racing that's true park them in the parking lot they're not even working <laughs> for god's sake park them here i got a better idea park them on the midway so that people can look at them which is what they should be doing to them not, not racing. racing them there i've solved it anyway so I'll I, let I just, would agree with that. I'm done bitching now. Uh, other than that, they have announced that they will be back next year. Uh, I was very concerned that there wouldn't be anything next year. Uh, they have announced, yes, that they are coming back. Schedule is uncertain. Number of races is uncertain. Formats are uncertain because they said, look, we just worked this out. So we'll be back. We'll just figure it out when we and, get there. And, so. and they're also aware that running on Wednesday night sucks. Yes, they are very aware. It's just not up to them. It's very, they are aware. Yes. I, I did hear from a birdie whom I can't name uh, that they are targeting more races and possibly alternating days. Yeah. Um, that's why you're the I senator, know, because you know everyone. These are your constituents. Well, this is somebody who works very closely with track scheduling, but not for the track. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's... Um, I know that the guy, um, I forgot if it's Michaud or somebody, but he was at the driver's meeting. He was saying he's going to play with formats, possible multiple races per day or something like that. He says, we're, we're, we're throwing ideas out there. So I said, oh, I'm just glad you're coming back. I don't care. So the, the, the one thing I would like to see is I'd like to see the base purse raised for some of these classes. Like you guys race for what, 350 to win now? Yeah, but they at least they brought it up to 100 bucks to start, so... Yeah, I mean that's it's better helpful. than twenty five bucks. You know, it doesn't even pay your pit admission. I think I think a winner, and this is my personal belief. Some people think I'm nuts, but I think the winner of a race should at least be able to buy two tires and ten gallons of fuel, at least. I don't disagree. Which that's probably so, let's even see, if they structured gallons, it like uh, Stafford, where they had contingencies. Oof. Ten gallons is a lot. <laughs> that's like twelve bucks a gallon, though. That's like twelve hundred bucks. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> and two tires is like 500 bucks, so that's like I still 2, run 93, bucks. so that's what I think. Yeah, of. I know that's what crate motors should be running, but you know. Anyway, but just in general, I'd I'd like to see a little bump in the purse, at least for the top five. I'd appreciate um, it, but I mean, we're not making money anyway. So 100 bucks to start for a street stock isn't a bad deal. 500 bucks to win was nice, but yeah. That when was a good when you have a bad night and get twenty five bucks, that's a kick in the ass. I mean, at least a hundred bucks pays your pit, you know. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I guess I can live with that. It almost pays for a tire. Not anymore. He <laughs> used to. Uh, anyway, I should hand it over to Jess because surprise, Jesse raced this. Oh my! I've done racing. I actually got the car out. 
<laughs> and done some actual racing this shit. Is that the Bruce Enter the Dragon? I have that on Blu-ray, I think. Oh, yes. no, that's not it. That's Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Oh. Yes. All right. I just saw the guy kicking I've done racing air. things. Racing things for the first time since... Give him a round of I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about that. I actually got no, out there no and went to a racetrack from April. No applause from Phil. I was giving Jesse a round of applause. But How are you not moved to uh. tears? <laughs> no love from Phil, apparently. I have no idea what it is. Oh. Anyway. No, we were giving Jesse a round of applause for racing. Oh. You just well. weren't paying attention because you were probably swiping on twi- uh, Twinder or whatever the fuck it's called. Twinder? Whoa, you get <laughs> twins? I'll take twins. Threesome. Yeah, guys. This All is right. my moment. Get done with it. <laughs> And I didn't have a chance to pay attention to Jesse all weekend. Well, he wasn't on camera very much. Go ahead, Jess. Why don't we go into the whole story? So, anyway, so let's see, hundred dollars to get in. So you had to pay a hundred dollar entry fee, just and then a hundred dollar the entry fee. Oh yeah, I thought that's what it was. I'm sorry. Yep, hundred dollars for three days. I wanted three days. Okay, obviously, right? Hundred dollar entry fee, which I understand. Yep, that's the guy putting on the race. Four tires, which I understand. That's the guy trying to pad the purse. And also trying to get rid of cheating and soaking tires. Yeah, that too. Okay. So that's so I'm up to that. six so that's six forty dollars for tires. Now I'm up to eight forty. Eight forty, yep. Two hundred dollars in gas, because they got fifty lepers to think about, and that's about fifteen gallons. Yeah, fifteen you got gallons. A, you got an open motor, so you're kind of conservative on the Fifteen fuel, gallons. So that was fifteen gallons of ninety eight because the tank was empty. Yep. So I'm up to about ten forty. Yep, that's about a thousand thousand and fifty or something like that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So a thousand and fifty bucks spent for one. Food race. and drink, it's about eleven to twelve hundred bucks. All right. So Jesse spent about twelve hundred bucks before yep. we even get going. So before I even started. I had I had a lot of fun in practice because oh, it, we was, should, it we was should, great just to get back out there and just to We should go into a bunch of stuff that we found while in the shop getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> What, like we, yeah, we had to go through it a little bit mm. before we scaled it. Just yeah. normal stuff, but we hadn't touched the car since April. April, and we basically swapped the rear out of it, and that was it, right? Yeah. And then uh, threw some scales at it and found a couple little minor things to fix, but like nothing like my car, I guess. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't remember it being too big of a, a deal. I think we finished before dark on your car. Yeah, so my car is fine. Yours took like the least amount of time. Right, I'll, I ain't I'll, hit nothing from New Hampshire. I'll know? get into how much mine took later. So, yeah, I get off the trailer and I'm immediately pretty fast. I mean, I'm not going to, I wasn't expecting to go out there to win the race. Yeah. I had no ambition on trying to pick up a half a second on the on the field. It's just not going to happen in this car. No, I mean, you're running a not going to happen. You know, a I four have a four link, link with I stock have. shocks and stock everything, basically. No no adjuster cups up in the front. You know, no. Yeah, you do. You, you have adjusters. I mean, adjuster cups, no, no, uh, no jack and no bolts no, in the front. Yeah, no geometry fixes, no, no fancy stuff, basically. Small compression open motor. Yeah, from like 2015. Yeah, which is seven, eight years old. Which hasn't been refreshed since then. So I was expecting a lot. <laughs> Only thing I had was headers. Yeah. Headers and, and that was about it. So pretty much it. Okay. And the arrow window. That thing was probably at least a half a second. It is probably. I mean I had a lot of good bite coming <laughs> off. I'm not gonna lie. Sweet actually. It really does push the air down on that rear spoiler. And uh yeah, no no kidding, bro. 
yeah. just wants to do wheelies coming off of off of four. Yeah, the exact opposite of my car. No problem. It wants to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just a little tight. And once I put the brand new tires on, it got a little tighter. Yeah. Because I put brand new tires on there. Yeah, I wanted, heat race kind of. I wanted to save my tires because it's 50 laps and stuff. So, all right. So, car was working tight in the heat race, whatever. So, we take some wedge out of it, about eight rounds. I think it was eight. Yeah, and the car felt a lot better. <laughs> so. I said eight, right? He's like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I okay, eight, eight sounds good. Minimum. <laughs> so, we yeah. took eight rounds out and what? Two pounds out of the left rear or something like that? Something like, yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, and it it was starting to go to the front in what little laps I've done. I did two laps and started moving forward. Yeah. It was, it was, it was rolling on the top side. It rolled pretty good up there. and Even though you couldn't hear me because the second he's going green, I'm spotting for him. The second he's rolling to green, Bueller, I'm like, oh, God, he can't hear me. Uh, I'm here. Bueller, he's like panicking because he can't hear me. I'm like, my oh, headset, no. <laughs> my headset came unplugged, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do it old school. Yeah, his earbuds, because you got your helmet harness. You got the big plug coming out that cl- connects to the big harness, and then you got your earbuds that connect to that, basically. Um, his earbuds came disconnected. If I had one more question, I would have been able to put it back in. Yeah, I would have. I, I could hear him. His but. microphone worked, but his earbuds came unplugged, so he couldn't hear me. And I'm, like, running from the tower back to the truck and changing radios and headsets, and I'm like, okay, nothing's working. It's not me. Oh, well. So I could do old school. I don't need a I'm ra- like, I'm like, well, Jesse's been racing without a radio for 20 years. He I don't might even as- really I'm need like, a scanner anyway either. Like, I can I'm look sure at the caution light. I can look at the flag, man. I can... See hands waving, and I know where spot I'm in at all times. And I so. went to, I walked over to an official, and I said, "Hey, that car, can you radio the tower and tell him that I lost communication with him, so he can't hear race control, so that they knew." Yeah. By then, um, by then it wasn't really necessary because <laughs> uh, let's see, this this is a division that has a hard time driving down the straightaway straight. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird because I, th- I think I have a theory because they all come from shorter tracks. They all come from like Seacock and Waterford and, and Hudson, uh, Hudson and, and, and Star, Manadnock, whatever. All, all little tracks. They're always constantly turning left. Yeah. So, of course, naturally, everyone wants to turn left. And so coming down come the straightaway. The corner, so, they all, just... none of them can hold the straight line coming down the straightaway. And sure enough, right. you know, there was contact up front. Yeah, you know, and which sent somebody into the wall, and then I had to check up, which I ended up smelling that guy's farts because I was up his ass far enough. Yeah, he hit him pretty hard. And then the guy behind me Did pushed the same thing. Yeah, he pushed <laughs> my poo in a lot, a lot, a lot, where it was very hard to walk in, and it was hard for my transmission to get gears in because it snapped every gear. Yes, uh, yeah. he lifted the back tires of Jesse's car up off the ground while they were rolling. Tires were still spinning. Came back down, landed, and broke the entire drivetrain out of Jesse's car. Race over, three laps in. Yeah, done. Yep, that was it. So, All because people can't look past their hood pins. Correct. Right, exactly. They can't look past their hood pins. That's if you if they looked into turn three, I think it would help them keep the car straight. Yeah, like w- when I raced at Thompson, if I was coming off a of four, I was looking at turn one. I didn't give a fuck about what was happening on the straightaway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, if you look I, at the if you look at the end of the straightaway or you're looking to the next corner, if you're coming off two, you better be looking at at least three. 
So yeah. you can because if anything happens on the straightaway, you're going to see the smoke in your peripheral anyway. Yeah, yeah. You always so, got to resize up. So that way, it centers your car basically, and it keeps your car going straight. And everyone racing off the hood pins, well, you can't go straight. <laughs> it's like there are a bunch of drunk drivers out there. It really is. Some of them might have been. I saw some Facebook pictures out there. <laughs> some, some guys yeah, the some night partiers, man. Some some of the night before, really, they looked a little rough. <laughs> oh God. Racing with hangovers. They got the hair of the dog on them. No, oh, it was brutal. That's bad. But yeah, there was a lot of cars that showed up too. And uh it was a well run event. I like what Jimmy does with the Jimmy Renfrew does with the event. He's very good at communication. He tries to make sure everyone gets taken care of and everything real easy to talk to. Yeah, easy Pretty to get going, and, and he's uh, constantly working and everything, and he tries to go from pit to pit and make sure everyone's on the same page. I like the guy. I like his series. Yeah. yeah. It seems really cool, man. And you finished towards the back and picked up 200 bucks for your troubles, at least. So Yeah. Got oh, that's not of, terrible. Yeah, yeah, you got paid right at the end of the night, which is pretty cool, too. So Yeah. So that was good. My weekend was about, well, I wouldn't say it was about the same. It was very interesting. It was definitely an adventure. And it was much longer. All right, so we showed up on Friday. I went out for practice because I'd made all these changes to my car. And, uh, you know, it, you got to make sure you warm your tires up because they're still wet when you drive onto the racetrack. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had to really work on it because I didn't want to make sure that, that was my problem, like water coming out of my frame rail or something. Yeah, if there's anybody that was worried about oil in turn two, no, it was because the street stock guys had to pull out of the pit area onto the track. <laughs> That's why it was always loose off, too. Um, yeah, and it just soaked the asphalt. Anyway, so I go out, and I don't know. It felt decent, but you know what? It was better, but still kind of not where it needed to be. And I said, okay, well, it still needs work. Something is going wrong. I took, I think, one practice, then made some changes and went out for the second one and tried it again. More of the same, basically. And I'm like, you know what? This thing's got to go home. I'm not leaving it here. I have to work on it. Luckily, like I said, we were able to get it out of there with a two-wheel drive pickup truck and a 24-foot trailer or 26. I don't even know how much it measures out, but whatever. Um, so we get out of there. Saturday, I said, okay, I don't think I have a hope in hell of making practice today because I'd already paid for the three-day ticket, and I need as much practice as possible to figure out what's wrong with this thing. So I said, you know what? I'm not. E- I probably am not even going to make it. Even as a fan, if I wanted to go, I might not make it. So I didn't make any plans. I get in the garage at 8.30 in the morning, and I crawl under the car because I know all my problems are in the back of the car, and I take the springs out, and I, you know, well, I measured the axle tube to the frame rail uh, above it to try to measure the height of it so that when I put it in the air, I could take the springs out and put it up and see if there's any sort of bind or some issue. And I'd set my travel indicators on my shocks so that I could see the travel height of the shocks so that it showed me how far it moved. And I took the right rear and I pushed it up and the shock hit the frame right where the travel indicator was on the shock. So I said, okay, there's our problem. So I start looking at the car and I start, you know, just kind of eyeballing it. Cause I've sat and looked at this car, obviously since about 2015, since I've owned it or was given it by my dad, I guess. Um, and I just kind of thought it was normal, but I looked at it again with a more, you know, focused eye. And then I went out to my other chassis outside and I started looking at that for comparison, just kind of walking back and forth and comparing cars. 
And I'm like, my car doesn't look right. And so, my, you know, Jesse and my cousin eventually show up, and my cousin takes a tape measure and measures from, like, the tire to the uh, frame rail on both sides, and it should be pretty even, you'd think, right? I would think so, because I don't think GM, yeah, right. I don't think GM built the cars to be offset. It's a road car. It's going to be symmetrical. So he measures it, and he's like, bro, this thing's off by, like, two inches. And so I'm like, I don't doubt that it's off by two inches because I looked at it and I'm like, look at this, you know, spring perch or, or shock perch and spring pocket over here because I got stock clips on my car. And I said, look at this one. This one looks all pinched. This one looks kind of spread out. And we're like measuring everything. And we're like, yeah, this thing's kicked over like two inches. Was it kicked over to the right side? I mean, left. to the correct side? It was kicked over to the left. Oh, well, that's good. That's your left side weight. Boom. No, it's bent. No? It's actually bent in a very bad place where it actually <laughs> kicked the spring perches over. Right. So the whole shelf where that holds the spring perches, the shock mounts, and the the trailing arm mounts is pushed over to the left like two inches. And I guarantee you that got finished off when Phil wrecked Meg Fuller off of four and I got the right rear ripped out of my car. Because I took a very hard hit to the right rear in that wreck. So this is Phil's fault, is what you're saying? Yes. Apparently it's my fault, yes. Why not? It's my, it's my at, fault she stood on the brakes. It's at least... Sorry, Sorry Megs. It's at least 20% his fault. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's 20% Phil's fault. But then again, you think about it, the car really hasn't been competitive since about 2017. Uh, I got one win in 2019, but like 2018, it wasn't great. 2019, still wasn't that great. Last year, it was okay, but that could have been me putting a rear end in that kind of compensated for it because all the mounts were wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Well, if, if you're saying it hasn't been good since 2017, then it's not my fault because I wrecked her in 2018. Right. Well, in 2018, it went bad. So it was bad that year. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's bad. It definitely is going to get a clip in the off season. So I had to come up with some kind of solution to band-aid this thing together for one more race. And that involved, like, cutting and uh, smashing things with a hammer on the frame to try to move it out of the way and, like, bending a shock mount just, like, with a hammer to try to get it away from the frame rail. I'm like, this is bad. Hopefully I can fix this later. And I managed to get it to stop hitting. So I'm like, okay, well, at least that's something. Now I have no idea what the car is going to do. So I just left the setup alone. So we missed all practice and all racing on Saturday because I literally pulled a 9 to 5, like 8.30 to 5.30. I was in my shop working on the car nonstop. And I've been sick since last Sunday. So that was fun. Um, anyway, I think you know, at that point I'd gotten somewhere with it. So I get out and I go to, uh, Sunday where we have no practice, but we have heats and features. So I said, okay, well I'm going to put, I had crappy tires on for practice and I said, okay, I'm going to put my better quote unquote tires on because I scaled it with my better tires. I had to go through the whole car Saturday scale, geometry, I had to move lead because the damn thing was so off now. Like, I'd put it on the scales, and it said 55.4 left side weight before it was, like, much less than that. I'm like, what the hell 
happened. So, yeah, I was elbow deep in that car until Sunday. Sunday comes around, and I got to fire off on cold tires, basically, that don't have a heat cycle in them that weekend. So I'm like, oh, well, this is going to suck. I forgot to mention that I had rebuilt my carburetor for the third time because apparently I'd tightened it down too much and I'd hurt the gasket like an idiot. So I decided not to do that this time, and I uh, got put out there in the heat race, and we obviously don't have any heat in our engines. Uh, so I go and I hit the gas on the green flag because I'm starting second next to Chicolas, and the thing hiccups and dies, and then it takes off, and I'm like, oh, good, I'm already you know two car lengths behind. So that's a good start. So it rolls off. I managed to clear back for second, and I'm rolling around there, and then the car kind of... That's a bunch of weird stuff, and it gets a little bit sideways and cranky on me. And uh, Fanning managed to get by me, so I'm sitting in third, and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't so bad now that the tires finally got heated up. The car started coming back to me, but by then, heat race is over, so I said, okay, well, at least we high qualified. Feature comes around. I, I forgot where I started. Seventh? Eighth? Sixth. I forget what the hell it was. It ended up being sixth because it's... Was it sixth on the outside? Yeah, because guys. Uh, oh, like two, two guys, guys had dropped drop out. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I was eighth, but I was ended up starting sixth. So we get you know a much better start this time, and the tires are actually you know a little bit more worn in, so it's not as bad firing off, and the car is tight. And I'm like, how the hell is that possible? This car's been tight in the last three or four years. So. I'm riding around, and I'm actually able to make progress forward. Um, anytime I'd made some progress, though, it seemed like I'd get kicked backwards because I'd get stuck in the wrong lane or something stupid would happen. But uh, it also seemed like every single thing that happened was around me for some reason, and I don't understand why. I was coming through, I forget how early in the race it was, but it was a few laps in, right? Like five laps, Jess? Yeah, something like that. And uh, Scott Sundin had got by me, and he was rolling, and I was just kind of hanging around, you know, just waiting for the tires to heat up in the rear to try to get the thing to neutralize. And all of a sudden, he just, like, gets sideways in front of me. And then he gets really sideways in front of me. And I'm like, he's spinning out. And I'm like, this isn't good. So I steer the thing left, try to miss him. Aaron Plemons doesn't see what's going on because I'm blocking his vision. He goes low to try to avoid me, and then I hit something, which was the front end of Sundin's car, and Plemons hits me because he can't see past me. The whole track was blocked. Pretty That's... much the whole track was blocked. So we're in a You two th- weren't going nowhere. <laughs> so we're basically three wide sandwich spinning to the infield. And I'm like, well, this could have gone better. And so I'm like, okay, the only way out of this is to floor it. So I floored it. I'm like, self preservation kicked in. So I floored it and drove through the middle of both of them. I think Aaron went spinning. I think Scott managed to come to a stop or something happened to him. Meanwhile, I am Gravedigger driving through the infield. And I'm just blipping the throttle because I'm like, well, the caution's going to come out. I might as well have some fun. And there's grass and shit flying everywhere. And then I hit the giant bump and left the ground and uh, came back down. And I'm like, well, I could have gone better. Kept it going straight, got back on the track and drove right back up to my spot. And I'm like, I really hope they didn't think I caused that. And I'm just waiting on the radio to get put to the back. And an official in turn two says, I don't know, 36 just got loose somehow. And so they reviewed the footage and they reviewed, you know, some input. And they said, okay, 36 and 
67's caution car, and I had my spot back. Meanwhile, you got you got lucky. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I guess they f- saw it my way because I definitely never hit Scott until he spun in front of me. N- nine times out of ten, that gets missed. I have the footage too. You can actually see the bottom of his car from my roof cam. Like I was not that close. Um, but yeah, I'm looking out my side, my left side, and I see my door flapping off the car. And I look in front of me, and I see like the fenders all torn up and like parts fall- flying all over the place. And I'm like. I'm looking, gonna, I'm looking for my crew. I'm like, you know, the, the infield tractor tire meme where it's just people like giving thumbs up. That was me. I'm like, where's my redneck crew? They can give me my thumbs up. So <laughs> luckily my cousin Eric had a uh, pink shirt on for October. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can pick him out really quick. And Jesse's just leaning over the fence going, you look fine. And just pointing forward. <laughs> yep, you're fine. I don't see no, yep, I don't see no tires down. Go. No smoke, no steam. Get no. on the racetrack. Okay, yeah, boss. It, Jesse wouldn't care if your body was just completely gone. He'd still send you. <laughs> send as long it. as the tires are up and the thing ain't overheating. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wiggled it back and forth, thought the tires were fine. Yeah, if it ain't blowing up and it's all got all four on there, you're going to go, bro. Yeah, I got hit hard in the front yeah. tires twice, though. So I'm like, okay, toe's probably knocked all over the place. I had a feeling your toe was knocked in. I think it was because it got worse. It got wicked tight after that, like yeah. sliding the nose tight. So I just go back out there. I'm like, okay, so there's body panels flying off of this car. We go green again. I think I'm able to pick up a spot or two and just keep hard racing. And Corey Fanning uh, started coming back towards me, and I'm like, that's odd. Something must be wrong. So I pull the inside, and going into three, he makes a big wiggle, and then the car goes around. And instead of staying in traffic, he floors it to try to get, you know, to the bottom of the track and get out of the way. Meanwhile, I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And he, and you know you're going to get hit. So you just kind of turn the wheel more to the left. And so he got me in the right rear hard. And I'm like, well, the clip's already bent, you know, to hell with it. And uh, I get turned, you know, head towards the wall. And I'm like, I'm glad I turned the wheel left harder after that. But... uh Lifted, and it came back straight, didn't go in the wall, and I just kept on rolling. So there was more body hanging off of the car after that, and I'm looking at the crew, and they're giving me thumbs up again. So that was an adventure. <laughs> now we're worried about you being underweight because you got no body panels left. <laughs> right, and I'm like, I'm like, I really hope none of the lead bolted to the rear frame rail got ripped off on yeah. this thing. Uh Anyway, so we go back green. I think I dropped a. Sp- I think I'd made my way up to fifth, and then uh, the car just kept getting tighter and tighter. And Sundin came through the field like he was on fire, though, and he got to me. And I thought he ran me up the track because I thought he thought I spun him out. But then I watched the video and it showed him lock the front up. So he'd locked the left front up and slid up a little bit, which he'd done earlier in the race. So I'm like, all right, I'll give you a pass on that one. Probably got a lot of bar in the car. Probably, yeah. Just kind of like a lot of guys, either some do or don't have a lot of bar in it, and it picks the left front up, which really sucks for trying to get into the corner. Uh, but, yeah, he got down past me real quick, and um, it was, what, two to go? There was a final caution. I think I was in seventh. 
Yeah, it was another caution with two to go, just a couple to go. Jason Chicolas was dominating the yeah, whole Chikolas race. Chicolas started like he was, second. He, he was, was gone the whole race. He led like nineteen of twenty laps or something. It was yeah, he was ridiculously fast. He yeah. he had the race one. Yeah. Dominated. But he was gone. But that caution with two to go just tightened the field up and it was I I was like, this is the last race of the year. The championship is all but decided. Larry's just like, you idiots can go kill each other for all I give a shit because I'm gonna win this thing if I just cruise around and do nothing, which is exactly what I would do. Um so he well not Larry, but they get the restart, and I think it was uh Waterman, Jacolis, was Robinson up there, and then uh Sundin, I think, was up to third at that point, or was he fourth? I can't remember. It was two to go. It was a restart. But it was those four, I believe. And um, coming for the white flag, I think it was Chikolas and Waterman were battling for each other. We'll talk about it later, obviously, as the review. We should just but, finish um, the race up. I'm just going to finish it anyway. Just finish the whole race because up. Because I'm talking from my point of view. Yeah, and I'm coming through one and two, and and well, we're coming past for the white, and we're three wide everywhere. And there's cars smashing off of each other. I'm like, this is going to get fun real quick. I wonder who's going to get wrecked. And I'm like, I hope it's not me, but whatever. I'm in it to win it. So we go into one and two, and I watch Waterman drift up and then disappear. And then Jacolis disappeared with him, and then they popped out right as we were coming off two, and I'm just worried that they're going to come back across traffic and wipe us all out because Corey Fannin had made his way back up, and he was up to my right side. And I'm like, Corey, you better watch out, buddy. They're coming. And he saw him at the last minute cut back behind me, and we managed to miss him. Well, I mean, you guys should have saw that coming, you know, laps ahead of time. Well, we did, but we, you know, you can't plan for this stuff. You got to kind of take it as it comes, you know? Yeah, well, when the 75 is behind the race leader, just prepare. You have to be prepared that they're not coming back. At the World Series, I'm prepared when anybody is behind the leader that close, (laughs) to be fair. Uh, There is no fair. (laughs) Every single time. To be fair, I'm prepared anytime, and I was that guy in second a few times, so um, I know what it's like. I was the race leader looking in my mirror going, oh, fuck. He's on my bumper now. Yes. Uh, Off of turn two, oh, he's not on my bumper anymore. (laughs) Oh, well. So we cleared him, and I'm in, I think, sixth. I picked up those two spots, and uh, Sundin just got the race handed to him because he just kept his nose clean from then out, and... He took it and ran with it, and I just came across in sixth. I think I finished behind Bert. Bert and I had a good uh, good race. We were back and forth passing each other, and I wish I'd gotten the tight out, but I didn't know it was going to go tight. I thought we'd loosened it up enough. I took a little bar out, and I actually took two rounds out of it, so I'm like, I'm hoping that it would come around, but it was actually tighter, so I'm like, mm, great. So I don't know what happened, but something must Were there have... any divisions before you? SKs. Shouldn't, it's not it's not tour rubber problem yeah usually it's not usually they got a little harder of a tire but uh yeah i mean we finished sixth and every single part of the body has to be thrown away now <laughs> every single part except the roof Let, let's talk about how old that front bumper is <laughs> uh pretty well actually no this this bumper that's on it right now i put it on in 2019 because yours i actually ripped all of them up apart oh that wasn't mine no this one was i put this one i put this one on brand new in 2019 i never changed it but i put it on in 
2019. For some reason, I thought that was my uh, 2015 nose still. No, it, I, I'd had that one for a while, but uh, I think I might have used it for something. I can't remember. It might have been some other. Or maybe I put this nose on in 2021. I don't remember. doesn't really matter at this point. I, I recycle parts like it's going out of style. And if I didn't shred this bumper, I might have used it next year because I'm cheap. But it looks like I'm going to have to change the entire body because holy crap, it shred. There's holes in it everywhere. <laughs> Both front fenders, the rear quarter got ripped off. Both the doors. Uh, so, yeah, it's... All four corners pretty plus much, the roof. Yeah, and it cracked the roof. So That's five corners. Sounds like you're going to have to put eighth... <laughs> Eighth inch plate on the freaking thing for body panels next year. The way these guys race, kill dozer. Anybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see Scott Sundin's car? It looked pristine, and I slammed that thing. <laughs> and my car looked like a bag of shit. <laughs> my car looked like the worst car on the racetrack. Everyone else's was like, eh, we're fine. Plastic my makes car- it possible. <laughs> My car had fenders and doors flapping and dents all. <laughs> it looked like it'd been through a demo derby. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. I mean, if you looked at the race, my car was beat. But I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, damn, I need one of these plastic bodies. Then it won't look so bad. But I can't afford a $3,000 body. So if anybody wants to sponsor me, you can email me to makinglabspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to put a nice new fresh body on my car. But it needs a new rear clip first. I absolutely fucking hate this racing. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. I, I miss racing with you guys up there. That, that stuff, I mean, it got frustrating at times with people just driving through you because they're assholes, but... At the same time, it's so fun to throw those damn cars around. Isn't it? Man, now Thompson's way too much fun to just go as far, like two car lengths farther than the guy next to you and throw the thing in and make it stick. And it's wide enough that you can get into trouble and keep it going. You know, we, we've door slapped so much that we could just be all over the racetrack beating the shit out of each other at really pretty high speeds, and it's okay. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But that was uh, that was an adventure to say the least. But hopefully, a rear clip will help fix this problem. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to setup. But then again, my brother goes out there and is two tenths faster than I am. So um, I can't be that bad at it because that's my setup in this car. So <laughs> it's got to well, least- be the car. I, that's all I'm gonna say. At least you found found out or have a general idea now of what, what's been plaguing you all year. Yeah, I mean, I measured the center section and the front clip, and all of that is square and, you know, right within factory tolerances and everything's straight. And it's so hard to measure the rear in one of these cars because the only real measuring points are way in the back and up front of that, and we cut those off because the rear frames typically rust out of these cars, so we replace it with tube. So it's it's like, well, it's really kind of hard to measure, you know, because I don't know if the car got built perfectly square and, you know, all the dimensions are exactly the same side to side so I can measure from those points and triangulate stuff. And it's tough to call, you know, so I can't really trust it. So right, it's getting a rear clip at some point. Just got to come up with some money. How about Phil's weekend? Yeah, that was my weekend. 
I'll have a new YouTube video coming out soon, youtube.com slash Brent Gleason, if you'd like to go and subscribe. I got some pretty fun videos over there. What about Phil? What did Phil do this weekend? I, I played Spotter and Pit Bitch pretty much all weekend down at Citrus County Speedway for the Full Throttle 100 Super Late Model uh, race. I was spotting for Philip Kessler, a friend of mine, uh, in the 28 Super Late Model, and uh, as always, helping out Daniel Webster with his uh, – Number 33, he actually, brand new car, we finished putting it together on Thursday night at the shop. Uh, it's it's an old Chris Fontaine car. Uh, he used to be a crew, crew chief for Chris Fontaine uh, in the truck series. And Remember that name. With the super late model stuff. So, yeah, he's he has the freak. He still has that car he still truck. He still has it? I thought it got destroyed. The, they still have that damn chassis. Brock it's, Beard told me it's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Beard is wrong. Yeah. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Well, that's fair. Or pictures of it anyway. Oh, well, um, they still got no, it. Yeah, they still got it. They've talked about putting it back together. I don't know if it's ever going to actually happen, but who knows. But so Daniel got this uh the super from uh from Chris. Last time he ran it was in 2014 and almost won in the thing. So, it's a good car. Ended up, Kessler had an issue 10, 10, 12 laps into the race, pulled off. We were done for the night, so I threw on a head, headset for Daniel. And by lap 35, something happened. He was out of brakes. So on a restart, he just peeled off the track. And as soon as he peeled off the track, they wrecked. He was going to be done for the night. So luckily there was a wreck i guess he went a couple laps down which whatever they were counting yellow flag laps so that that's what ended up biting him there but there was a wreck they ended up going red flag after two laps meanwhile we're in the pits not recommended to do this dumping everything in the cooler on the brake system trying to get the brakes cool Including the goddamn veggie tray. <laughs> I was gonna say, why were there carrots and and like celery and stuff in the carrots, cooler? celery, broccoli? He came over the radio a couple laps after he went back green. He said, "I smell something burning." So, does ranch dressing help stop the car better? Uh, I don't know. The sweet tea that I dumped on on the brake masters might have though. We, we literally like Christ. we were we were running in and out of the trailer. We didn't care. I mean, we just wanted to get him back out there. (laughs) The secret beer cooler remained intact. (laughs) No, we we moved the beer to a secondary cooler. Oh, okay. And uh, we, we, well, after the race anyway, (laughs) but we we took over 150 water bottles, cold and not cold from different cases, neighboring trailers we were robbing ice out of. It was ridiculous pandemonium. There's a video. There was gopros on the car so that's a fantastic story th- there will be a video at some point of this um <laughs> we got him back out there and he was top five speed just stuck two laps down because they don't give lucky dogs mm. so used the rest of the race as a test session but it was disappointing knowing we had the speed to run i mean we were second in practice on friday night time eighth, almost got the invert it was shaping up to be a pretty good weekend uh bubba pollard ended up winning the race and uh all i can really say about the after hours antics at two in the morning is people here in florida are tuned differently (laughs) is 
<laughs> this is it, it was I can't share it publicly, unfortunately, because people will get in trouble. But it was one of those legendary tales that you only hear like 20 years later. And what I witnessed was just epic. <laughs> well, there is the whole new, you know, the there is the whole Florida man. Meme. Yeah, oh, Florida man, Georgia man, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Alabama it was... man. I wish we had the sound for that. Yeah. <laughs> Red, redneck Jesus. Yeah, oh, it was. Boy. We left the track at two o'clock in the morning. It was wild. Fl- Florida man who allegedly threatened family with Coldplay lyrics and standoff after SWAT promises him pizza. Ooh, <laughs> I would stop too. Real headline. Please. I want pizza. I had pizza tonight. It was yeah. delicious. But yeah, that was my weekend at the circle tracks, and then I went up to FL2K to see some drag racing on a track that doesn't have any turns that would confuse most circle track guys, which was also a pretty good time, actually. You can race just going one way? Yeah, it's it's actually a lot more boring than oval tracks. I mean, for, for about nine seconds, it's a lot of fun. Isn't that like a hill climb? Kind of like Jesse's sex life, but... I have a sex life? <laughs> that's news to him all right kind of like my sex life <laughs> okay awesome um no but i mean <laughs> watch cletus mcfarland anybody who watches his youtube channel watched him and mullet and jack stan jimmy had ruby out there and ls george with the blazer it was you were basically in the middle of all that yeah i went out i went over and i talked to cletus for a few minutes because we're going to be actually going with this wheelman series going down to the freedom factory next year so i just wanted to talk to him thank him actually got his number to rent the track mm. so i'm hoping to go down there i actually saw a video of jesse dutilly running around there today yeah that's that's an older video but yeah he went down there and tested god i can't remember when i think it was it was right before they painted the walls at the track i yeah, think it was, it was in still july. a black it was still black walls but yeah yeah i think it was in july right before the the night i ran the pro truck down at showtime um but I'm excited to go down there. That's a fast track. It's kind of like a half-scale Thompson. Hmm. It's just three-eighths of a mile, a little bigger than three-eighths of a mile, maybe four-tenths. Really fast. Corners are kind of radiused and banked like Waterford, maybe a little more banking than Waterford, and longer straightaways. So it's, I think it'll lend more to my driving style and what I'm used to. These stop in the middle to make the car turn tracks just, I can't get used to it. It's it's foreign to me. Yeah, but you got to know how to do it. Well, that's part of why I moved to where I am in this state is I didn't, I mean, I can go to New Smyrna and I run top three every time I'm there, top three, top four, whatever. But I don't want easy. I want to learn. So right. this is forcing me to learn a different craft, and I think it's making me a better driver <laughs> overall. It's just I am hardcore on the struggle bus right now. We're... We got the car still blown apart. I'm getting ready to put the body panels on it. Um, and once the body panels and everything are back on it, it's getting springs and shocks thrown in it, and it's going straight to the RFD shop. I'm not even going to try and do setup stuff at my shop. I was going to say struggle, huh? That's weird. Never heard of yeah. that. I, I've never <laughs> driven anything so scary in my life as what I drove a couple weeks ago. I said it on the last show, I think. It's just that thing was out to lunch and drunk at the same time. It was bad. Should we move on to the second? Segment? I want everyone yes, to. St- I want everyone, including the listeners, to stop what they're doing. Okay. And I want you to Google Florida man plus your birthday. 
What's yours And say? find a hand headline. Mine says, Florida man accused of setting his own truck on fire to give deputies something to do. Suspect says he wanted to give himself an early Christmas present. <laughs> a Florida man set his own truck on fire because he wanted his deputies something to do. There's a loud explosion on Murray Creek Road in Crestview, <laughs> December 18th. Found a 2002 Chevrolet Silverado fully engulfed in flames. Okay, you want mine? Do, do we have to put in the year? <laughs> no. no. Here's here's the first one for mine. All right, you ready? All right. Florida man hits sleeping roommate on head with a skillet for being a, quote, confidential informant. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> That's what you get. Do you, do you want to know mine? It's pretty good. I want to know, Phil. Let's do it. Florida man confesses to cops, says, Jesus told me to drive Ferrari 360 off pier. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived. <laughs> That's some Grand Theft Auto <laughs> shit right there. That's fantastic. We are almost an hour into this show already. Well, I mean, it, it's about us for a change. <clears throat> well, yeah, it is. And there was only one real race weekend going on, so... Why don't we move on into the second segment of the show? Everybody's only waited an hour for us to get there, I guess. The much-anticipated DARF comment of the week. This one's actually kind of topical. We really need to make this a ringtone. Yes. should make it a ringtone and sell it. We'd make no money. All right, so... This week's DARF comment of the week, uh, there's something going around on Twitter right now that I, well, you'll figure out that I was kind of lazy with the DARF comment this week because I was really, really busy. I literally spent the entire day today re-watching all the races from Thompson just so I would have notes for the show, and I spent 60 bucks on a pay-per-view for a race that I had already spent 100 bucks for a ticket on. I did the same thing. I literally, well, we collectively are literally that dedicated to you the listeners that's why we did this so anyway the darf comment of the week this week comes from twitter now there was something posted by uh i believe it's a reporter by the name of kelly crandall i'm sure everybody's probably heard of this who has a twitter account yes um i have her muted because I find her very annoying. Well, I don't follow her. So, um, I. She posted a picture of some supposed harassment that she was receiving by a Twitter user called Ryan Linkhouse or Linkos. And he's going to be our winner this week because he's, she posted the screen cap of their quote unquote conversation. All right, here it is. He sends her two messages. Tell me if this would work for you. Quote, hey, bitch. Already down. Second <laughs> quote, Second message, quote, do your fucking job right. <laughs> That's pretty mm, tough. Okay, so she, unfortunately, she responded. You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, shouldn't respond to these people. Sorry, but. Yeah, don't engage these Well, I just hope she text. does it in a funny way. She says, no, no. she did it in kind of a. Uh, well, you'll see. Yeah. She says, your mom must be so proud of how you speak to women. I hope you never have a daughter. I understand that. That's yeah, fine. I, I get it. That's fine. It's an acceptable right. response to a total darf. Yeah, she didn't really do anything right. out of the ordinary. All right, so he comes back with three more messages. Would you like to hear them? Okay. 
I'm first waiting message. with bated breath. First response. You listen here, bitch. You better not put my favorite driver down, because if you do, I will get you. Third, <laughs> second message. You shouldn't be in NASCAR. She's not. She's a reporter. Um, third <laughs> a, message. A well-respected reporter, by the way. Yeah. She's actually got you know credentials. Yes. Uh, third message. Mm. And also, stop putting these drivers down in NASCAR. The fuck business is it of yours how she reports, pal? What Who did she report? On? I have, there's no context that's linking it to anything, you know. If you don't like how she reports, you can do just like me. Mute. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I was actually listening. Or so, reading. well, Go instead, ahead, in, yeah, instead of. Uh, you don't have to be a piece of shit. So, yeah. So instead of just clicking off of stuff, now he put himself right there on the Twitter sphere looking like the biggest dumbass that's ever known to live because you know she's going to you know put it out there give you she gave you enough rope to rope to hang and uh okay Jesse I yeah. need to ask you a question yeah does this motherfucker look like Kermit the Frog yes Jesus Christ yes he it, does Kermit the Frog here I with his stupid hey, ass headphones around his neck on his profile hey, picture bitch, by the you way you need to stop reporting on my favorite driver Kermit the Frog I c- Oh yeah, I, I, I saw him earlier. He looks like a special Elon. <laughs> Listen, bitch, I I will get you. Looks like a catfish. I, so I, I saw something from Dave Moody about this earlier, and I couldn't find the context. He but said, I did see the, he said see this guy going everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Please, 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 please. He might please, be. Ha- please, he might please, be handicapped. Though. Dave Moody posted a Twitter said, based on his aberrant, sexist, and threatening online treatment of Kelly Crandall, this guy Ryan Linkus should be black. His his handle is at Ryan L I N K O U S eight. If you'd like to go find him on Twitter, uh, should be blacklisted by everyone associated with NASCAR. I'm happy to start hashtag blocked. I'm like, okay, Dave, good for you. Um. So I went on this guy's Twitter account, and I'm like, his tagline, you know how you can put a little description? Does he have special needs? I don't know. I, I, I he kind of re- looks like a special needs kind of guy. Kind of does a little bit. But you know, his, and I'm not even his being descript- a jerk about it. His description says, oh. Mr. Cool. I'm like, no, you're not, bro. Yeah, he's definitely special needs. Yeah. Mr. Fool. He retweets a lot of stuff, and even the responses from Kelly Crandall about being mad about this, he retweeted. So I'm like, was he just doing this for attention, or was this some kind of like actual like? His handlers need to spend a little bit more closer time on what he uh, posts on the internet. And Kelly Crandall was pissed because she reported this to Twitter, and Twitter's like, "No, no, you're fine. Don't worry about it." So I was like, "Oh, okay." She's not high enough on the ladder of repression. Probably not. Okay. So, um. So to, let's just say, what's his name here? Ryan Linkus, you are not Mr. Cool. You are Mr. Darf, comment of the week this week. Congratulations on the award, and may God have mercy on your soul. I don't care if your special needs are not. You can't be abusive. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> anyway. So I just went on to her Twitter. I just sent it to you as well. I guess oh, there she it sent it to uh, sent the screen cap or whatever, or reported the guy to Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter did nothing about it. No, they basically said, "Yeah, you, 
we can I forgot what the fuck their response was. Oh, we didn't find the content you reported to be in violation of our rules. And it says don't that literally says in her screen cap, the guy says, don't speak ill of other people or else I'll get you. And it's like, well, what the hell is that? (laughs) And then there's these freaking clown darfs like I don't I don't like Kelly Crandall's reporting. Mm -hmm. I, I just something about it. It just runs me the wrong way. But whatever. She's allowed to do her job. That's what she gets paid for. Have a nice day. I'm not going to berate her for it. Like yeah, these this people, this guy, but named this, this guy named Cap goes, you could get off yeah. social media. It's like, uh, no, she can't. She's a media member. She kind of needs it the, to spread her work. There's another one thorough in the borough just says cry some more. Like <laughs> leave this person alone. She's just doing her damn job. Yeah, she and got these people are attacked. Aren't in dms she has a right to be upset Mm -hmm. and these people have the people who are like trolling her are people without their actual names or their actual pictures yeah so yeah shocker yeah whoa shocking no way people are anonymously assholes on the internet i never would have known so anyway thought that was what the internet was for to be an anonymous asshole (laughs) Uh, i don't think it's for that um but it's turned into that, so I guess we'll just go with it. So anyway, he wins our DARF comment of the week this week. Don't abuse people. Stop being assholes. Seriously. All right. Just because you can, don't be. Yeah. Anyway, let's exactly. get into something fun. So there wasn't a lot of racing this weekend. There was tons of racing. There was tons at one place. The greatest race in the whole country. Yes. I don't know. I love the I, World Series. It is to us. I, I describe it to people down here as the greatest three days of racing you'll ever see because it's so diverse. There's so much going on, so many different classes of cars. Oh, yeah. It's not just it, their like, division. It is everybody's divisions up in the whole entire Northeast. Yeah, it's like we have right. our own street stocks, if but you we have also a, have everyone else's common race. If, and you have a, got, if you have a race car, you can bring it there, and they'll find you a division to race it at. Yep. It's it's kind of like a Northeastern Snowball Derby, except it has twice as many divisions. Yeah. I mean, back when the Speedway actually ran it, they could get guys like the, the Isma Supermodifieds, then these guys had to bring their own because Isma wouldn't compete with them because they have a competing touring group and stuff like that. But it's kind of just it's just teething problems at this point. But they still have. Is, is Isma even allowed to leave Canada right now? I didn't think they were Canadian. <laughs> well, yeah, they are believe, partially. Well, I believe they are because there are Canadian racers running ACT stuff. So there's no reason they can't. There. And I don't know why you wouldn't be allowed out of Canada anyway. Because what, is it because of the snooper sniffles or what? Yes. That's stupid. I that thought that was still like ago. restrictions up there. That ended like two years ago. <laughs> like, this shit's over. Well, it never really started. Well, yeah, it should have never really started, but yeah. Bovid. Fovid. Right. I think we had shows about that. Nobody listened. The beer flu. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. I mean, I had, what, I had this cold for over a week and I'm still hacking stuff up. How is that any worse than COVID? I mean, it, 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 as, as long as you're not 400 pounds or, or got one foot in the grave and you're old. The only annoying thing was trying to sleep and then I couldn't exercise. You're all fine. Literally, that was the only annoying thing. Yeah. And, and last week I had to do the show with a sore throat. Oh, well. Whoopty shit. Thompson Friday. All right. We had a bunch of stuff going on here. Late models. They had two types of late models. Well, same type, but two different races. 
uh, regular Thompson late models, which are ACT-style late models, and then the American-Canadian Tour came and ran a race the next day. All right, so late models. Here's a rundown of what happened. Mike Benavides and Brian Tagg were front row, but Benavides drifted high after the green flag in turn one, as well as Tagg, to allow Matt Lewinsky low to take the lead. Lap two, three-wide incident between Nick Johnson. I think it was Nick Johnson, right? Yeah, Nick Johnson. Uh, Woody Pitcat and Benavides would send Johnson hard driver's side into the outside wall. And as he came across the track, he would get collected by Mark Jennison and Tony Macrino. Brian Tagg would also be involved as well. Uh, I believe they he would continue, though. Johnson would be very slow to get out of his car, and he'd have to be helped out of his car. Yeah, he was right in front of us. He ended his car ended up right in front of, like, basically where we parked. Yeah, we were parked right in the middle of the backstretch, so when that wreck happened, we ran up to the fence. So, yeah, so, so we see him, you know, get the get the neck collar on and they're very very careful to get him out of the car and they put him on a stretcher and sure enough uh, nick johnson had the audacity to give woodson the fucking the finger yeah he gave woody the finger and i'm like dude you, what'd you think was gonna happen man you're three wide you're trying to make it three wide diving into a corner on the bottom it ain't gonna work out good for you bro yeah i mean yeah Woody's just kind of stuck there you know he <laughs> He didn't have that. He didn't intend on that to happen. I, I mean, mean, and then I, once, I was like, okay, Johnson's going to be all right. And then, once, he's already Nick drift, off, so. and then <laughs> once Nick drifted up into Woodson <clears throat> and squeezed the other two guys up, yeah, yeah, and then he got you know Woody already started hitting the brakes really, really hard. So it's like, what did you think was? What did you want him to do, man? If you pick that line God, on the bottom, damn dude. If you take that line on the bottom three wide, you still have to give those guys yeah. room on the top. I mean, I'm sorry that he crashed, and I'm sorry he got hurt, but man, that's on you, bro. Yep, that sucks, but that's racing. Yeah. Um, so he, I'm unsure of his possible injuries. I didn't hear anything afterwards. Yeah. Too bad, Mark Jensen. If he didn't win he had this a rough time, night. he didn't win this time when he got wrecked. Right. But that's he did. Con- he did continue. I believe he pit and fixed some of it. Came back without a hood. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> some other things. Uh, let's see the race. Uh, let's see. I've missed a spot. Uh, Derek Bukaki. Would only allow Lewinsky Lowe to lead one more lap before he took over to the top spot. Race would go green for a while, and Gluchaki would run out to a sizable lead. But at halfway, Connor Souza would spin off turn four, bring out a caution. Uh, Gluchaki, Bukaki, would make would take the top on the restart. What do we always say? Never take the top. <laughs> Even if the top is preferred, you never take the top because you can just move the guy above you out of the way and take. You the opened top. yourself up to trouble, and sure yep. enough, that's what happened. And trouble. You got to be really good at restart games to make it work on the top. I took the top when Jesse was in second, just so I'd park him in front of my nearest competition. <laughs> it worked out because I knew Jesse wouldn't dive bomb me. Right. But uh, all right, so yeah. Um, Guchaki would take the top, and Ryan Morgan would make him pay, taking the lead away after moving him up in turn one and two. By the way, this move, unbeknownst to the announcers and most of the teams, I say I think except for maybe Morgan's team, uh, would put Morgan into a tie for the championship points if he was able to seal the win. Guchaki had more wins before this race for the tiebreaker, but if Morgan would win. That would be tied up as well. Morgan would go on to win because it would go green from there. Uh, and that would tie the points. And the tiebreaker being wins. Now, guess what? They both had two wins. This is from Race Day CT. This explains it pretty well. 
Quote, the next tiebreaker was second place finishes, which they both had two of those as well. So the championship ultimately came down to the best finish for one of them in the events that they didn't finish for uh, first or second. And that turned out to be Morgan's fifth place finish in the season opening icebreaker in April versus Gluchaki's eighth place finish in the August event at Thompson. And that would seal the championship for Ryan Morgan. He won the race and the I was, title. I was hoping for fight to the death. That would be way more entertaining. <laughs> Choose yeah, your make weapons. Him, make them fight it out. Demo Derby on the front stretch. That's even better. Wrestling match. First to score takedown. <laughs> good, good for Ryan. That's just probably one of the craziest scenarios you could even come up with for a championship, though. Yeah, that's to break wild. it down that far. I've never seen that. I've never seen it go that deep to have to come up with a tiebreaker. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But it's usually easier to it's, do that when you only have six races or whatever. I mean, usually it's broken up by wins. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen people tie plenty of times and have to have the, you know, the win tiebreaker. But I've never seen it go further than that. So that was interesting. What do you honestly think is harder, winning a championship in a six-race season or a 20-race season? Six, because you can't I, have any faults. I, I That's what I was thinking, is I agree. It's harder because you have to be perfect. Last year, I finished in the top five every race, finished second. <laughs> God damn. Second, top five every race. Because the guy ahead of me finished top five every race, too, but he won. So... Yeah, you can't. You have to be perfect in six races. Every race, you have to be perfect. You can't have one slip up, or you're doomed. Twenty races, you can get away with. I mean, look at the street stocks at Stafford this year. Yeah, everybody. Guy had who, a bad everybody year. had like two or three bad weeks. Yeah. So, all right, let's move it on to open mini stocks. Nick Anderson and Emerson Kyer led the field to green, and uh, Nick Matianis he moved into second, and it was fun to watch his Nissan Sentra going to the corner. And lift the left rear tire. That car is cool. I like that car. Uh, Mike Vaines came. Uh, his car started to come to him as the race went on, and he got by uh, Manianis with only seven laps. Uh, oh, seven laps in for second. Vaines would close the gap slowly over to the 30 lap feature with less than halfway. The battle was on. With 11 to go, Desmond Skillings hit the turn two wall hard. His tire went flying, uh, and uh, that brought out a yellow. Restart allowed Anderson an opportunity to build a new gap, but as Vaines got his tires heated back up, he would catch him again. He would finally Vaines would finally take the lead with five to go, and he would go on to win over Nick Anderson. And we are big Nicholas fans, and I'm also a big Mike Vaines fans because we I used to race mini stocks with these guys, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they're good people. Yeah, nice guys. Seriously, I didn't I didn't have a dog in that fight. I didn't care if either one of them won. But Nick won New Hampshire, so you got to give one to Mike. So, And I believe he also won a title up uh, in New Hampshire somewhere. I forgot what he was running. Uh, I think we mentioned it earlier. All right, SKs. They had three features this weekend, one on every single day. This is the first one. Paul LaPlante and Tyler Berry, the front row of the first of three features. Uh, they would both slide up the track, allow Troy Tallman to take the lead away on the first lap. Racing was pretty dicey and entertaining throughout the pack, more so than... Well, the rest of this season at Thompson. Uh, car counts and competition seem to make this division much better. Isn't that interesting? Um, I miss it when the SKs had like 20, 30 cars at Thompson Weekly. They used to put on pretty pretty awesome shows, and they had 10 cars that could win every week. 
Thank you. My sir. favorite nights at Thompson were when TC and Woody and Priest and Penick and all of them were just battling the hell out every week. It was like a Stafford show, but on a bigger track. Yes. It was always fun to watch. I lo- I missed that a lot. Okay, so this race would go green for a while. No real changes to the rundown until the 44 of Den- Darren Renahan sorry, would spin off turn four, and the caution would fly with only 10 laps to go. Todd Owen would get his chance, and he would take the lead from Tallman with seven laps to go. I was sitting up in the uh, grandstands watching the end of this race, getting ready to spot for Jesse. And I watched Todd kind of run up um, Troy Tallman just a little bit. You know how you got an experienced race car driver, and you kind of squeeze him coming off a two just enough to make him worry? He ran him up pretty high. He did, but... He didn't run him into the marbles. It was really high, and he made him kind of nervous, but he didn't run him out. You know what I mean? He was still able to stay next to him. So just keep that in mind. Um, With seven laps to go, yeah, he got by. A set of spins by a rich Gutro, and uh, Jay Sundin would bring out the caution with only three laps to go. Owen would take the top on the restart. What do we say? Never take the top. <laughs> On the restart. And Troy Tallman would run him into the swamp off of turn two to retake the lead. Owen would fall to fifth. <laughs> there is a swamp off two. There's, there's we were probably, parked in it. We were Well, no, we were we were parked <laughs> on the backstretch swamp. There's an actual, like, pond off turn two. I think uh, somebody ended oh, up. Oh, I, I thought he was in Burrowville. Uh, yeah, he probably ran into there, too. <laughs> Bill um, McNeil's been there before. In the swamp? Yes. Oh, in the pond, I mean, off of turn two? Yes. You know, I used to walk, they used to have that little path that you could walk around. I used to see like a midget wheel, you know, the knockoff. It would be sitting right in the middle of that pond. No one ever went and got it. It was just sitting there for years. <laughs> I was like, damn. I wonder if there's a whole midget attached to it there's, still. There's probably like snapping turtles in there and people just don't want to walk in there. Probably a toes. midget skeleton in the driver's seat. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Little people. Yeah, that's, I don't. Little cars. Oh, yeah, got Little it. cars. Got it. All right. So, anyway, ran him up into the swamp. All right. Tommen would... Okay. And Owen would default to fifth. Believe that there was another caution. Uh, green-white checker yeah, time. Yeah, green-white checker time. Tommen would give it away on the restart. He took the bottom, but gave it away through missing a shift. And Stephen Kopsick would take advantage from the top side. And he would go on to win his fourth feature in a row at Thompson. Also, did you see Victory Lane? Todd Owen was very displeased. He went to go park there, and he told him, he said, I was reading lips. He, was, he said that he, he wasn't. point to the face. He said, he, he, yeah, he said that he wasn't interested in the leaf peeping tour that Troy Tallman brought him through in Rhode Island. He was not a tourist, and uh, he doesn't care about the leaves. No, we live here. We see the leaves all the time. So he said, no, keep me away from there. I kind of side with Todd with this one because he didn't put Troy in the marbles, but he sure ran him tight. No, it wasn't nearly as high. Troy ran him right into the marbles. <laughs> right into him. Yep. Todd ran him tight and scared him, but never put him in a wall and never put him in the marbles. Todd's like, I didn't do that to you, but you did it to me. And I've seen him give people that finger a few times this year and bark well, at him. And I I agree with one Todd. One was Eric Burnt. Yep, and I agree Earlier with Todd. Waterford. Sorry, I, I agree with him. Yeah. Todd will not forget that either. No, but he's not a he's not an idiot, and he's not a rough racer either. So, no, but he won't give Troy any room at Stafford all year next year or at Thompson. 
Well, he learned his lesson. He's like, okay, now I know how you're going to race me. <laughs> Duly noted. Open street stock race. Jesse, cover your ears. <laughs> Chad Baxter, Paul Newcomb led the field to green for the 50-lap R&R street stock open. I was like, oh, those two are on the pole? Race over. No, absolutely not. Three laps in, Chris Buffone cut a tire and came to a stop in turn one. I brought out a caution. About halfway through the restart lap, Tanner Woodward would get squeezed into the backstretch wall, lose a tire. Jesse would get taken out in the stack up when Who the field tried to into avoid. The wall by? Uh, I believe it was a 75 car. I'm not sure. Oh, more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ryan. He catches so much shrapnel on here. Well, then don't give us anything to blow up. Well, I don't know what happened on the backstretch. I don't know if the guy came down or what. I don't know. I, I saw it from the camera angle on TV. Okay. So, all right. Jesse would get taken out in that stack up when the field tried to avoid. Again, we told you earlier, back end got lifted up, broke everything when it came down. My poo got punched in. Yep. So that was unfortunate. Fudge uh, was packed. Yep. Completely. I don't think he hurt the rear clip, though. Nah. Probably not. Uh, let's see. Oh, 45 to go. Oh, okay. Is that how far in we are? Yeah. 45 50 laps. 45 to go. There'd be another caution. Yeah. Baxter would control the restart. There was plenty of racing behind him. Five laps in contact between, uh, between Troy Waterman and, uh, Scott Serendisky off turn four, knocked Serendisky straight into the turn four wall. He came back across the track, got plastered by Chris Buffone and Jimmy Sylvia, knocking all three of them out of the race in three pretty heavy hits. Um, Troy was put to the back for the incident. Um, I saw them making contact through three and four, and then Troy got loose, and it looked like he either overcorrected or just drove up into him. Couldn't tell. I'm not the one driving the car. But race control saw fit to put him to the back, so they put him to the back. What are you going to do? Well, benefit of the doubt is no longer in session. Not anymore. After all these years. It's not going to happen with anyone. You know, I'm sorry. But you did it to yourselves. You know, if you're not, if you're worried about, if you're worried about not getting the call, you probably should have gave him a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt, but you don't have any reason to, because there's just so many incidents. Again, it could have been incidental for all we know. Even an incidental one, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt because there's too much, too much history. Right. That's the problem. You know, there's too much history. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Ryan, he made his way from like 10th to second, about 15 laps in. So he was rolling pretty good. Tommy O'Sullivan would be physical throughout the event. It looked like he'd never gotten out of a street stock in his life. <laughs> Man, he was beating fenders. I'm um, pretty sure he still races one up uh, at Monadnock. Yeah, if it's that car. it's a I don't know. That car is beautiful. Is it a number two car? No, nah, that was Chris's car. He runs the other car. It's the number four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buffon is his other car, and then he runs the four car. Yep. They're beautiful. I love those cars. Um Let's see here. Yeah, he'd be physical. 20 laps in, Tim Poolin and Kevin Finkbein would bring out the yellow, turn two, I believe. Chris Watson would bide his time all race, and it came to him as he would catch Baxter with about 20 to go after starting nearly mid-pack. Watson would pester Baxter for a good while, around 11 laps or so, trying to get by until Tim Poolin again brought out the yellow with nine laps to go. I'll be honest... Uh, Watson controlled that restart, and Baxter never really got a fair shot at leading it. Watson needed to jump the restart because he didn't have the power. He only had the crate engine with the four-barrel, yeah. as opposed to the 500-horsepower open motors. 
that these guys are running that the other guys are running so yeah he, and chris has a three-link car which probably helped him out in the turns as well as being underpowered but yeah if he didn't jump that restart he probably would never have won the race yeah i was just surprised that that and, restart uh, did not get called back but I'm this not, race was like single file the whole race i'm so. not they when they're under a time crunch like that you you better expect the other guy to jump because he's gonna jump it's it, it, and they ain't gonna ever call it back because uh because it, it, as long as it's not like the main division, then they ain't gonna care. Yeah, you, there's it's something. Time, time is ticking. There's something that I've noticed, yeah. and it's usually when races tend to be kind of ugly or run long, or they're under a time crunch. They will let shit go a lot. Like, oh, this car, oh, yeah. this car spun out. Leave them there. And the lower the it's division, like, wait, wait, oh, those what? are those are the swamp people. Yeah, <laughs> those are the swamp people. We don't have to tech. We don't have to worry about that too much. I mean, just I get them, them. On, just get them on, get them off the track. We don't care. Onto the onto the modifieds. Yep. Put the tour type modifieds out. Let's go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think that he really kind of jumped the restart. Didn't really give Chad a good chance at controlling it as the leader, but that's don't blame him either. I don't blame him nope, either. I don't blame him. Uh, but once he took the lead, that would be the difference, and Watson would cruise to victory. Uh, Baxter was never able to catch back up. So Watson had a good car in the corners, though. That thing was rolling. MRS. I think I might have actually watched this one. Some of these I did skip, but this was a points. This is a points race. Yeah, um, this is points. And uh, let's see, this number seventy six of Kirk Alexander had a twelve point lead over the forty seven of Jacob Perry going into the race. Yep, coming in. Uh, Craig Lutz, and Anthony Bello were the front row for the final race of the MRS season. A lot of NASCAR tour drivers would use this race as a tune up session, I believe. Including Lutz, uh, Ronnie Williams, Mike Christopher Jr., Spencer Davis, Eric Goodale, among others. I love that Double Zero Jimmy Page's car was, was back. Yeah, I love that car. That car was always a unit. Who was driving it? I forgot. Craig Lutz. Oh, he was in it. Yeah. Uh, your it was uh, your typical tour my uh, tour type modified race as it went green for a long time and drivers were respectful, not wanting to get involved in incidents at a high speed track, especially with a lot of them having multiple races throughout the weekend. Uh, until Tommy Barrett stopped off of turn three to draw a yellow with 34 to go, and race control parked him for it when he took off after the yellow. For the night. Yeah, parked him for the night. They said, oh, you drew a caution? Goodbye. So that was new. Hammer down. <laughs> I guess so. Hammer down. I, yeah, I like Tommy him. Barrett, but that's a Tommy Barrett move right there. Yeah. Uh, point leader Kirk Alexander went down a lap while uh, Jacob Perry second in points coming in. Was running kind of mid-pack. He's hovering around the top 10. Yeah, he's hovering around it. A lap later uh, from, I forget what the hell lap it was, a three-car wreck brought out another caution. Uh, Max Zackham was putting together another strong run as he moved to P2 on the restart. He'd had strong runs at Stafford and and other uh, tracks on a part-time schedule. Uh, Let's see. 23 to go. RJ Marcotte would spin off a four and bring out a yellow. Perry would hover around top 10. Like I said, Alexander would struggle to keep pace. Uh, but Ronnie Williams would cruise to the win. Local boy, well, to us, Max Zackham, would finish second. Uh, Jacob Perry would come from behind using an 11th place finish to take the championship. Yep, driving for Jack Bateman. Yep. So, good job, local boy. Yeah, Jacob nicely Perry, done. Very nice young man. Yeah, very nicely cool. done. Appreciate it. Nice job. All right. Kudos. Yeah, let's move on to Thompson's Saturday. Mini stocks. Thompson Ten cars. Minis. Ten cars, which kind of sucks. 
well, if they open the rules up to be more than just Mustangs, I guess it would probably have more cars. Uh, they don't have a problem with it at Thunder Episode Road. Episode on that coming on later. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen the mini stock type of division at Thunder Road? There's like 30 cars. They're all different types of cars. All different. What are they called? Road Warriors or something? Road Runners. There? I don't know. What road Runners. Thunder Stocks. I don't know. Street. Yeah, they might even be called Street Stocks because they're street cars, basically. I don't know. Probably. They it's might a be good the rules streets. package. They get a lot of cars. If you get a lot of cars, the rules must be pretty good. All right, so Bill Scholler, Kyle Wing were the front row coming to green. Scholler would lead for a good bit. It was a few pretty hectic moments with some cars getting bad sideways and some making contact and scattering, but everyone would keep it going and it would stay green until a yellow flew for a spinoff turn four just before halfway by Dave Trudeau Jr., Dave Trudeau Sr. would take the lead from the outside on Scholler, but Scholler would battle back on the bottom for a few laps. Trudeau would eventually clear him and bring Rick LaFleche with him. John Bavalacco would enter the fray and battle LaFleche for second to, uh, on the top side, take it from him. Meanwhile, behind them, Kevin Moore and Bill Scholler would make contact and spin in turn three to bring out another yellow with only two laps to go. Jared Roy and... Uh, Bavalaco would fight it out for second, but Uncle Dave Trudeau would take down the win. I think that's uh, was it his second on the year? Maybe not sure. I, I guess he's won one before. Yeah. I think he won one earlier this year too. So I was too distraught to pay attention to there's only ten cars. Yeah, I believe yeah. I believe he did win earlier this year in like an eight car race. When I raced mini stocks, I ran them in like oh eight oh nine to twenty thirteen. Early, probably the first race in 2013, I could see the writing on the wall back then that the car counts were going to drop, and I sold my car. And I was right. So I'm not right very often. I got to call it when I actually am right because I'm wrong a lot. And we definitely call it when I'm wrong. All right. So um, Pro All Star Series took. <laughs> and um, I was I was actually at the track for the whole day Saturday just watching the races. Yeah. Jesse got it to was, make it. It was cold. It was really cool. Okay, and, and I'm just going to say this, Brent. At, seven, at 25 laps, I was kind of hoping that this race would be done. I mean, the 27 was way out front. so Yeah, Wayne, was, Wayne Hellowell was out front huh? yeah. for quite a while because I know Garrett, long time. Garrett Hall led early. Uh, I think Wayne Hellowell took the lead as well uh, pretty early, like six or seven laps and in. It, the whole theme for this whole night was long-distance races that were boring early and then <laughs> – but by by the last like ten fifteen laps or whatever, they'd actually start to get good. Yeah, and basically that's kind of what happened. Like lap fifty, the new leader was the ninety four. Yeah, Garrett somebody. Hall managed to come back from he. There Garrett Hall led early. Hallowell took the lead and led the majority of it, and then Hall came back and took the lead back late in the race because it looked like he was probably saving a lot more. Uh, he would retake the lead from the inside to take the uh, from Hallowell and never look back. In the green to checker, 75 lap, I don't even call it a sprint, but they did. This is from the press release from Pass. Uh, Hall would take his first Thompson win since 2016, followed by Hellwell Jr., DJ Shaw to round out the podium. All right, SK's second event on the weekend. RJ Marcotte and Todd Owen would lead them to green with Owen taking the lead quickly and bringing Mike Christopher Jr. with him on the outside. Friend of the podcast, Adam Gato went for a ride down the into the grass down the back stretch and came to a stop to bring out a quick yellow. Uh, I went through the grass. I didn't stop to bring out a yellow. Just saying. Um. <laughs> the yellow was already coming out. Well, he you also didn't. He also didn't have uh, other people in the grass with him. He was the only car. 
Well, yeah, even more reason for me to, you know, pump myself up here because I made it out even while being hit by other people. He was just he, by himself. He just wanted to join the landscaping crew. That's all. You don't want to join the landscaping crew. No. No. He, I'm surprised he even got out of that swamp. There you go, Brent. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. For, uh, I feel bad now. All right. So, uh, yeah. That Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. The caution was warranted, let's be fair, because we didn't know if he was actually going to get out of that swamp in the infield because it was pretty damp. All right, so I'm just giving him shit. A few laps later, a uh, bunch of cars wrecked down the front stretch, including Tom and Kopsick, Tyler Berry going over the top of Jonathan Puglio and peeling the lid off of his car like a tuna can. Uh, LaPlante, Bello, Leary, Gaeta, Cody Rose, and others. This was a big one. And I saw a picture from Ed Puglio. He shared a tweet. Jesse, if you'd want to take a look at this. Gonna, yep, I'll be right there. Sorry, I wanted to turn my my computer around, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. That's, Ooh. yeah, if, if you follow Ed on Twitter, Ooh. I forgot his handle. I'll give it out in a minute. But you can see he has the roof and body panels off the car. And body panels were mostly ripped off the car. Well, that's true. Off. Yeah, they were pretty much ripped off. But yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say, is that voluntary or involuntary? Probably involuntary. But there are obvious dings, dents, and very big scuff marks on all of the the Lots bars tire and tire marks around John's head area where the bluet bars are. And boy, I'm glad they have all those bars in that car. Yep. Oh, thank God been, for that. That could have been. Pretty ugly. Uh, let's go back and see. It's at Ed Pulio. He's got a real easy handle. See, I wanted at Brent Gleason, but some other asshole had it. And then there were seven other Brent Gleasons on Twitter. So I'm like, well, what the frick, man? So anyway, um, enough about me. So, yeah, okay. it looks like uh, yeah, it looks like Rocco squeezed. Uh, uh, what's the name of the three? Tallman. Tallman. Yeah, yeah, Tallman. Up into the up into the. Ice cream stand coming out of four. <laughs> Is that the ice cream stand over there? Yeah, there's, they sell ice cream. Oh, okay. Ice cream. Oh, the beer stand is towards the start-finish line. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. the ice cream stand was open, and people bought ice cream, even on that cold day. But yeah, he squeezed them up into the ice cream stand, and and by the time the three had to get out of it, the seven Everybody made contact else. with them, and then that starts the meat in that awful accordion sandwich that starts to come by, and... And then start matcha trucking. I believe Jesse actually used a human centipede reference when he wrecked like that. So um, we won't have to go that far. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was actually 11 cars remaining at this point. Not the cucklefish. No, not the the cuttlefish. Not the cuttlefish. (laughs) That's a South Park reference. And uh, Mike Christopher Jr. would take the lead from Todd Owen on the restart. Top three wouldn't really change for the remainder, except for Corey DiMatteo taking third from Keith Rocco late, and it was Mike Christopher Jr. taking the win in the second of three SK features on the weekend. Next came the New England Super Modifieds, and this is that new uh, crate super division, and I really like the concept of this series, and I think it has a lot of promise to bring affordability and counts back into the Super Modified racing, but... This field only had six cars, um, so I yeah, that really... was too bad. I really would have liked to seen. And they but... had some decent names too, like Ben Seitz was in it, and uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Who's your tire East? Robbie Summers. Robbie Summers Rob was Summers, in it. Yeah. yeah, 
and Matt Swanson was in it. Swanson ended up winning. Um, it was only his second race in a super modified. I would, yeah, I would have really liked to see even the, the regular supers or the three hundred and fifty supers there too, because yeah. I really love super modifieds. I really wanted to see they that. Just, but... they, I just love a car that just goes as fast as you want to. Yeah, okay? it's just, I mean, this summer you just get get it. They just, just go go as fast as you want to get it. You know, just like get it. Uh, I hey, love them. Just, they're super big modified. wins. They don't have none of that bullshit with a clutch. That's sissy shit. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Automatic. Automatic. Uh, all right. So ACT. This is. I didn't watch this race either because I was so strapped for time. The I'm not limit, kidding. The late model. This was another snoozer. I until spent, five ago. Right. I spent literally another eight hours today just rewatching. Maybe even more. Just what rewatching these races that I didn't get to watch because I was racing. Yeah. Or busy working on my car. So I spent like all goddamn day watching these races and I'm like, man, these are just dragons. So some of these I just took the press release for. Well, this one here, I'll finish this for you. This was another snoozer till five to go until the five car was way out front. But the O three Bukaki, he was he was getting it. Okay. He was coming after it and you know, uh lap cars, they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> lap cars didn't give a shit. They're running out. They were running their own race, and the blue flag be damned. You know, I, I think I saw some. One of them gave the flagman the finger because it cost <laughs> the O3, and sure enough, it cost the O three a chance for uh, for uh, the win there. And and uh, and and what's the name of the five? Uh, um, Tommy Carey. Tommy Carey. Yeah, he ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ryan Morgan. Was run, having a good run until the rear end chucked out the uh, right rear trailing arm and over the line, and and the rear end just wobbling back and forth. I don't even know if it was still attached to it, the third link or whatever, but that was just that was too bad. But I got the whole rundown. If anybody wants to hear about it, you interested? No, not really. Let's move on to the Open 100. But I like Tommy Carey. He's a good dude. I We went to practice with him, and he borrowed my carburetor. And they're nice guys. I had a, yeah, I had a they, good time. They, he's good people. That whole family's good. Yeah, nice people. All right, Pro 4s. Not a big rundown here for you, but I actually did watch it. Uh, the elder of the Missouri kids led the field to green. Caution for a two-car spin and turn two, only two laps in. Yeah, there's a lot of two there. This is the, this is the race I went to uh, Uncle Ted's to get steamed cheeseburgers. And pay ten bucks a cheeseburger for pay ten dollars for a cheeseburger, and I said, you know what? If I want to know what a ten dollar cheeseburger tastes like, I want to know what eleven dollar, ten dollar fr- uh, loaded French fries tastes <laughs> with lots of bacon and some cheese whiz or whatever on I it. I literally would rather go to McDonald's before the race and buy double cheeseburgers and stick them in my pocket. Well, you know, before buying a ten dollar cheeseburger. Well, dang old Big track. Mac costs like uh, it costs seven eight dollars anyway. A Big Mac sandwich. You ever see a McDonald's this cheeseburger that got like preserved by just leaving it out for like years on end, and that there's no mold or anything on it? I'm sure it would last all night for me to eat it. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm saying even gross, even hot garbage like that costs seven, eight dollars. Uncle Ted's cheeseburger. The, yeah, but I could at least get three of them for it. Yeah, what is that? How much is that? So a. Jumbo cheeseburger was fifteen dollars. Ooh, come on, Florida, with no fries. 
But then if you walk 50 yards over to the actual Gainesville Raceway concessions, magically the same cheeseburger was $7. There you go. I wonder why attendance is down. Anyway, Uncle Ted's cheeseburger, though. <laughs> delicious. Thumbs up. Go ahead with the Pro 4 race. Um, At least it was delicious. Was if you're going to pay 10 bucks for a cheeseburger, to be fair, you're going to pay 10 bucks for a cheeseburger at a restaurant now. Let's be fair. But it, yes. it was delicious. I mean, that sucks. But, I mean, at least you get fries with that $10 burger. Um, so, anyway, Elder of K. So, Robert Chardy made his way to second, but this went fairly clean afterwards That after that first caution, aside for a quick yellow with, like, eight laps to go. But... Never really changed the rundown. Brett Mazzervi would win over Riccardi and uh, Doug Mazzervi in third. I used to love the Pro 4 Modifieds when they had like 30 of them. They were such a good division back in the day, weren't they? It used to be a lot of fun. They were cool as hell because they ran like SK times. Well, I'll tell you what. I never really cared for them because the first time I ever went to Thompson to watch the World Series, like the first ever World Series I watched it was the reason why this race is called the uh, Memorial Harry Race. Harry Carafas Junior Memorial yeah, the Race. Harry, yep. Yeah, because yeah, we were there for that. Was, that was the first race I ever went to at Thompson, and we saw him get killed in the Pro Formula Alpha, and I'm like, oh, my God, that poor man in that death trap. Yeah, and I that was the th- first time I ever went to Thompson as well. That was. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember I'd never seen a helicopter land at a racetrack before. Yeah, so that was awful, and I didn't like that division ever since. Yeah. so and Well, now they're actually built with the correct roll bar tubing, so they should be much safer. Yeah, now they're much more beefy, so um, at least Harry's death wasn't in complete vain. So, All right, now to bring the program back up a little bit. Open Modified 100, this was a $10,000-to-win Open Modified race, not sanctioned by you know uh, MRS or NASCAR or whatever. So, All right. As I was strapped for time, I took this from Race Day CT. Dude, I'll t- okay, I'll tell you what. 57 lap, 57 lap early. <laughs> yep, Keith Rocco took control at the start of the event with Craig Lutz settling in the second. Lap 7, Ronnie Williams got by Lutz. No one cares. Lap Williams, 11. Let's see. Lap, what What'd you say? Lap 11. Did, oh, they, have, lap have, 11? did they tell you about what Woodson did? Lap 11. What did Woodson do? Who? Woody. Would he pass like four cars going into turn three? I thought his throttle was stuck. But oh. he passed like four cars <laughs> going into turn three. I'm like, oh, my God, he's dead. He's not going to make it. And sure enough, the thing stuck. And he stuck. And he made it through and passed them all cleanly. And So that was like Chase Briscoe at the Roval? I, I mean, it wasn't like the other guy was breaking for him like a teammate or whatever. More on that later. And, but but uh, that thing was hooked onto the bottom like a slot car. Mm. And I couldn't believe what I saw. Four cards in the three. Let's see. By lap 64, without a caution, Rocco was left working a massive amount of lap traffic. I believe he was leading with Pickett stalking his every move. Uh, let's see. Behind them, they were racing. I'm looking for something interesting to talk about. 25 in the 57 there. 25 Ryan Williams in the 57 or Keith Rocco. They play hopscotch pretty much in patty mm-hmm. cake, you know, until uh, – Okay, let's go to let's just skip to lap until uh, Woody and and uh, Priest would start to get closer. Okay, so lap eighty three, Andrew Sharon spun on the front stretch. Caution sent all the lap cars to pit road. There's a talking point. Pitcat won the race off pit road. Mike Junior second, uh, going from fifth to second. Priest came off third. Goodale fourth. So that'll set you up for the lineup here. For Rocco the last went 20. from second to come out sixth. Yeah, that sucks. That'll that'll tell us for the last seventeen laps here. Uh, let's see. Pitcat got the jump on the restart. Uh, next lap, Priest got under Christopher for second. 
Uh, caution was back out when uh, Johnson ended up in the turn two wall while running six. I think it was Jake. Yeah, he blew a tire and he hit turn two like a fuck ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Restart Pickett chose the outside. Pickett and Priest went side by side through the turns. One and two down the backstretch. Pickett ended up out of the groove through, through turn four, allowing Priest to take over the top spot. What do we say when we do on restarts? Don't, Don't take never the take top. the top. <laughs> <laughs> Although he didn't retain the lead because Priest got by. Uh, let's see. Caution was back out again on lap 87. Spencer Davis got into turn four wall. Lap 87 restart. Priest got a monster jump and while got, being on the outside. So making oh, was us he look on the dumb. outside? He okay. started on the outside on this restart too. Okay, so it made us look bad. <laughs> well, this time, I mean, he said, "You know what? I'm not even going to bother giving the guy on the bottom a chance." So he just took off. Well, he got away with it. Yeah, must have been within the rules or something. Uh, Pickett, while behind them, Austin Beers moved past Goodale for third. Lap 90, Swanson got by Beers to move to third. Lap 91, Priest had already checked out by. 1.2 seconds over second place pit cat priest left the field far behind over the last 12 laps score a runaway victory in the thompson outlaw open modified sunoco 100 saturday night at thompson speedway all right so thanks for race day ct for bailing me out so i didn't have to watch that because i had to really hurry through these updates so <laughs> i watched the the vast majority of these uh remainder so we'll go to sunday it's like it's we're it's almost like we're reviewing like three different racetracks running that weekend because there was so much racing going on every single day. You know, it's yeah. like a three five or six days. divisions five or six divisions per day. You know, three I mean? full days. Yeah, full days. <laughs> okay, so Thompson Sunday third SK modified feature same two as the second race led them to green. It was Marcotte and Owen. Um, Owen would take the lead on the outside and Troy Tomlin would challenge and got by for second. That sounds familiar because it's exactly the same as the last race. 24 to go, Tomlin would get by Owen and bring Mike Christopher Jr. with him. 20 to go, Christopher would get by for the lead and a lap later, Owen would get back by for second. Eight laps to go, Corey DiMatteo would clear for third and that would pretty much be the finishing out the podium and that would be uh, Mike Christopher Jr. winning the third SK Modified event, his second on the weekend. I believe he was the triple crown winner because he finished fourth in the first race. And I believe that crowned Stephen Kopsick, the SK Modified champion. And his team was incredibly disappointed because the PA system wasn't working for Victory Lane on Sunday when it was on Friday and most of Saturday. Yeah, it was a bummer. That sucks. Tommy Fox came back and ran a, a sixth place in the number 34 car. He was in that car. Yeah. Oh, yes, he was. He didn't tell me. <laughs> okay. I thought that was uh, Flannery's ride, but um, I don't know. He must be doing something else right now. Got to put had to micro- put a- batteries in the microphone every day of the week on uh, events like that when they're used they had, so often. They had much bigger problems than that. They didn't have the PA system working like all night until like really? two, yeah, until like two races to go. Something really got screwed up. Uh, let's see. Limited sportsmen. I should have first-hand knowledge of this race because most of it was outside my windshield. Didn't we already t- cover this race? Yeah, but I'll go through it in the dry form. Jason wow. Jason Jacolis and Bertolette led the field to green. 
Uh, we were supposed to have like 28 cars start this race, but since the first heat race took a half hour to finish and wiped out about five cars, we only had 23 start the race, which considering all the rest of the divisions wasn't so bad. Uh, two laps in, Jeff Van Pelt got bad loose off of four. It was kind of a trend. Guys were just kind of randomly getting bad loose at certain times in the corners. It was really weird. Like Sundin spun out in front of me. Van Pelt got weird, weird sideways in front of me. Uh, he caught the wall. I barely missed him, but I lost a few spots. No caution. He got it off the track, and he was okay, I guess. Five laps in, Sundin also got bad loose for no good reason off of uh, two right in front of me. I had nowhere to go. Aaron Plemons didn't either. We sandwiched three wide spinning into the infield. Plemons going around. I kept moving. Caution flew. I kept my spot. We mentioned that earlier. Racing was all behind Chicolas after that as the action was heavy for third on back. With 12 to go, Corey Fanning would lose a right rear tire and spin off turn four. He tagged me in the right rear, as I mentioned before again. I was in the middle of all the wrecks, and I was barely able to get by. Caution flew for that. I swear to God, my car looked the worst out of everyone else's. I have mentioned that earlier. I wrote these notes before. Uh, Scott Sundin worked his way all the way from the back to the fourth, and Chicolas was well out in front when a caution flew for multiple spins with two laps to go, and this really, really upset the race. Ryan Waterman would get to the inside of Chicolas going into one. They would, He would move up. They'd get uh, make contact, get hooked together. Chicolas would end up in the wall. Uh, Waterman would end up uh, cut tire or something broken, and he would drop back. Uh, this would hand the lead to Sundin. Sundin would go by and claim the victory after spinning early. I think uh, Barnett finished uh, seventh or eighth. Wait, I finished sixth. So I think he finished eighth or ninth. I can't remember. But he just kind of dogged it the whole race just to finish it. And he finished without a scratch on him. And it was the 2022 champion in the limited sportsman division for the sixth time. So Legend status. Yeah, congratulations to Larry and Scott and... The those are those are good runs by both of them. And Larry's the winningest driver in a division, and probably got the most no. championships now. He's got, uh, and he's only he's sixty years old, and giving me a lot of hope. So, I want to know who's got the second most wins in that division. Scott. I'm curious. Easy. How many do you think Scott has? Fifty plus. Does he? He's got a Is lot. Scott's okay. got a lot. He won like ten in one year, for God's sakes. I'm curious where the rankings overall stand. I would love to know. Point. I think Bill McNeil's probably up there. Um, I'd say Glenn Boss or Glenn Boss, Rose or, or Corey Hutchins. Hutch. McNeil has 28. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think Scott's got way more than that. I'm certain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has to. Yeah. I mean, I he just, and Larry are pretty close, but Larry's got more. Hutchings, Pulio's got to have a ton. Yeah. Ed, Monahan's probably got a ton. Monahan's won, you know, a decent handful on and off because he never really raced a lot of full time. I, I'd bet he has twenty, twenty five, somewhere in that range. I would say teens to twenties, yeah, probably twenties, at least. Like I said, he didn't run a lot of full time stuff. More on him later. Yeah, more on him later. All right, let's move on to the SK Light Wreckfest. Okay. <laughs> Now that I'm launching them to the fucking moon. Now that I've prefaced that, business back to well. I'm, I'm glad to see that. Yeah, <laughs> well, business as usual again. Here we go. Business as usual. Cole Kugler and Todd Dullard led them to green, 
and didn't even make it to the line as Kugler wouldn't take off, then washed up the top lane like they weren't there. The field stacked up. That put Stephen Chapman and Josh Carey into the wall, and carnage ensues as, jo- as uh, Ron Midford would go up and over the top and clear George Bissett Jr.'s car. Then Dylan Liceo would hop a wheel on Evan Burgoyne and end up on top of Carey and Bissett as well, as Burgoyne would also get collected. So there were cars up and over top of all sorts of it people. Looked like, flying it looked like it looked like a monster truck rally. It really did. Just cars bouncing on top of other cars. It looked like a Blues Brothers police chase scene. It, it did. was there it videos of like, this. Yes, um, Racing America replay. Oh, I didn't pay for it, so <laughs> I'm sure somebody has it on. You know, a, a somebody could or... download it and maybe cut it. Main. Racing scam America. Yeah. They're you know what you know, uh, you say you know what symbolizes America, but you know what they had pretty damn good coverage. They had two tower. I got to give it to them. I have to give it to them. They had two tower cams, both filming different stuff at all times, and they even had one in the infield. They had an instant replay, and they had instant replay, and they and had a, a, wall, a wall camera, and an active ticker, and an active ticker. Yep, they invested in their product, or borrowed a lot of they did flow racing stuff. I don't think they borrowed anything from Flow Racing. They well, just Flo actually was, cared because it's a big event. Flow was there for the tour race. Oh. Yeah, because they have the rights to the NASCAR modified race. How is the connection signal? Uh, it didn't break up for me on the replay. wasn't uh, terrible. It won't on the replay because it's recorded locally. <laughs> well, it, I had no problem, so there. I'm curious <laughs> how up. the live feed was because every was fine. race this year well, I didn't has watch been it, a but... disaster. I didn't see any pro- I didn't see anybody bitching about it, so it must have been all right. Well, that's good. I'm glad they got that figured out. So hopefully next year it'll be worth it. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully it's going to come around. It'll be all right. So anyway, you know what sums up this division and yeah. basically SK racing in general? What's that? Basically, when uh, George Bissett dragged his roof off of the track like a soldier dragging his wounded friend off the battlefield. He just carried it. He started carrying his own roof away, and the safety crew guy's like, no, 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 get back here, put it in the truck. And he's like, oh, like he wanted to bring it back like I brought the steering wheel back, Dad. You know, I mean, no, I mean, that's pretty much sums it up. You you just wreck everything. You leave it all out there on the line. You try to pick up the pieces, gather back, and move back on. Felt bad for George there. That was, yeah. that was awful. Everyone would be okay. Awful. Um, Lottie's there all right. Yeah, a lot of cars would be taken out in that one. Restart would make it to just about off of turn two as Kugler once again proved to be a weapon as he drifted up into Megan Fuller and spun her out across traffic, collecting Ethan DeRocher, Amanda West, Cassandra Cole, and I believe Jaden Brown. What do you all know about that? <laughs> This guy is sexist. He doesn't like the women. What the hell? Took them all out in one wreck. Uh, so if if I had to, I don't. I'm not a member of another podcast. I think they do Weapon of the Week or something to that nature. I don't know. I don't listen to the show. Yes, they do. Um, if I had to vote for one, it would be Cole Kugler because he wrecked literally ten cars in two. In no, not even in one lap. They didn't complete a lap yet. That's right. And you know? two two different incidences back to back. And it was at least ten cars. So, yeah, you win Weapon of the Week. Who is this clown? No <laughs> idea, but uh, he wasn't done yet. He got sent to the back, too. Yeah, but he still wasn't done yet. Uh, so, two laps in, uh, Cassandra Cole would get loose on entry to turn three, and the car would just go around. Again, just weird track conditions. People would just spin randomly at some times. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, she'd spin. A few cars would make mild contact trying to avoid, just kind of stacking up. 
uh, Zack Sanger Mono would end up in the turn three wall with a broken tie rod trying to avoid, and another yellow would come out. Uh, let's see. Single file restart from then on out as race officials had had enough. Uh, these cautions fell to Alexander Pearl's favor, and he would take the lead within only three completed laps, and he started, like, mid-pack. Yeah, and, well, on this last restart, he went from fifth to first in just a little over a lap. Yeah, that car was fast. He was dynamite. Yes. Uh, six laps complete, and Stephen Chapman would get spun down the front stretch for a yellow, and his third incident of the race... The 22 of Newcomb didn't like the 14 putting him three wide. Yeah, and, and he so, would just send him to the infield. And it's not like the fourteen ever did anything to the twenty-two or nothing like that. He just kind of got into him, yeah, once and then kept on driving through it. Yep. So he sent him to the infield, and Newcomb was sent to the rear. Uh, let's see. As the attrition took hold, the race started to calm down, and Pearl would stretch his lead out. Tyler Chapman would get spun with eleven to go. No yellow would fly, but no worries because Trent Goodrow. Corey Caddick and Todd Doulard came together and wrecked going off into turn one, and they would bring out the yellow for him. Kugler tried his best to ruin the race once again by spinning into the infield with two laps to go, but race control had had enough and left the green out. And uh, as the leaders came by, he took off, and Alexander Pearl would cruise to victory, his first at Thompson. Good job, Tyler Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Beginner divisions to me should have a two cautions cause rule. You cause two cautions, sit down, have a nice night, try again. Well, Stephen Chapman was involved in like three of them, but I don't think he was the cause of all of them. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. (laughs) He wasn't really the cause, so yeah. No. All right, this was another interesting race. New England Truck Series. They got to run on Sunday. Should we just skip forward to like five to go? No, we got to build this one up. Um, Bert Ouellette and Jimmy Boyle led them to green. Boyle would lead early, but would get loose and allow Devin Deshays by for the lead. I believe that kid's already won like five races this year. Uh, Tyler Chapman, different one, uh, would challenge for the lead as Sean Monahan would enter the fray in third place. Caution six laps in for Chris Taylor and Dave Koenig, who collided in turn one. Pretty big hit. Uh, Chapman would be able to take advantage on the restart from the top side. Uh, 20 to go, and Bert Ouellette lost a right rear going into turn one and bobbled and up into the wall. His day was ended. Uh, caution would come out. Deshaies would actually drop out of the event after the restart, and Chapman would keep the lead after a good restart by Monahan. Dwayne Knoll would move up from the rear to about third past halfway, and he would just keep rolling forward. Monahan would get close on Chapman for the lead as they got down to near five to go, and it was a side-by-side battle for the lead as Dwayne Knoll started to close in. Monahan ran wide out of four, knocked into Chapman, and Chapman slammed the turn four wall coming off onto the front stretch, and Monahan would take the lead with three to go. All right, so go this, ahead. Is, this, is the inter- this is the controversial incident uh-huh. everyone knows about. It doesn't look good on video either. Well, I he definitely stuffed them into the wall coming off of four. Yeah, it doesn't look great on video. I, I just don't know how much contact on that led up to that because there was definitely... I saw one there or two min- times... There was very, very minor door contact, but Chapman yeah. was on the outside. Yeah, I just don't know if he was coming off the wall too far. Like, remember how I said that guys don't go straight? Yeah. I just didn't know if, if Chapman was coming down on Sean halfway down straight away or whatever. I mean, if there's any of that contact, I only saw maybe one or twice where it could have been like that. 
He could have. He could have. He could have been holding them down to try to, you know, take his line. But I mean, that's to on the straightaway yeah. only, not in the corners. He left Sean plenty of room in the corners. Yeah, coming off the corner though, like on the straights. I mean, it, it could know, go I, mean, I don't way. know how much that led up to that, but he definitely stuffed them into the frigging wall in turn oh, four. Yeah, there was significant contact and got away with it yeah. coming off the bottom, hit him, and he went straight into the wall. So I mean, yeah, I, ended up cutting his tire. Yep, he cut a tire. But since he didn't spin out. I guess you, I guess no one wants to put anybody to the back for that. Yep, uh, Chapman. Let's see, knocked him in the wall. Noel. Okay, so Noel wouldn't be able to get any closer, and Monahan would take the win. Chapman would lose a tire, but he would continue and uh, run on three tires until the end, trying to salvage a decent run. Uh, let's see. Kyle Giro was third until Gerard Giordano doored him in turn four and spun him out, coming to the flag. Not surprising. No, um, not, not shocking at all with that hack. And yeah. no and no question. They must have had their own officials there. They do. And apparently they that took Marshall the day Hurley off. Marshall Hurley series. Marshall Law. And apparently they took the day off. Must have. Oh, don't, don't worry. I mean, granted, Sean is an outstanding metric racer, but tech is not officially over until they run that truck on the dyno. I'm not saying it's illegal, but... It's Jason Ferrara's old truck, so it's probably illegal. Well, Jimmy Boyle was in the field. <laughs> so Jimmy could have so ended up with this Jimmy's got to win. Yeah, no, I'm Jimmy, talking, right? end up I with mean, this. I'm not talking about tech. I'm talking about the friggin' race uh, control. Race control was. Yeah. Chapman yeah. was not happy with Monaghan post-race as he confronted him in victory lane, parked next to him. So this was a this was kind of a thing this weekend. A lot of people parking in victory lane and voicing their displeasure. I guess he won't be getting any more critical signs wraps from him. Probably not. Probably not. No. Um, I do remember being in the pits after that happened because I went and I was like, I want to watch this race. And then I watched it. I'm like, I'm going to go watch the pits now because this is going to get interesting real quick. It's like being at Waterford. Yeah. Well, um, there's one thing that Scott Tapley's good at, and it's uh, knowing when there's going to be a fight in the pits. And he says, okay, security, you guys need to go back there right now. And so they went back there. They, they rolled were, a blue. They ro- they rolled a blue and white faster than they rolled the ambulance. <laughs> Two state cop cars were sitting next to the Northeast uh, Truck Series trailer and uh, waiting for all sorts of fisticuffs, which never happened. So, all right, let's move on to the final race, the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour. This is going to be a pretty short review. Ronnie Williams won the pole for this race. Uh, Ron Stoke would join him on the front row. First caution, lap 13 for John McKennedy and Tommy Catalano spinning off a four, and the race went green from the lap 16 restart. John McKennedy did a point leader. All the way to the end of the race, excuse me, Uh, which is almost unheard of. Like, you never see a tour-modified race go, like, almost green to checkered, especially 150 laps. They may feel like they do sometimes, but usually something happens and someone spins or something, whatever, and a caution will come out and they'll come get tires and it'll completely re-rack the race. This time didn't happen. Uh, I don't remember any time where a race has actually gone this long green. Uh, Eric Goodale would take uh, the win. Stafford 200 lapper did that once. They had like a yellow on lap five and then went green the rest of the way. And I just, I was falling asleep. It was terrible. It was like a cup race at New Hampshire then. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gotcha. Um, So it was his, I think it was his fifth tour win. 
And it keeps him in the points, I believe. Jess, do you have anything on the points situation well, for Goodell? It, uh, I mean, he he, he, he was 22 points off the lead. Um, yeah, and where did McKennedy even finish? McKennedy was ninth. Oh, he's only got a six-point advantage over Silk and 11 on Bonsignor. And, and it's got to be even tighter now to Goodale. It's got to be made probably around the fit to 15 to 16 points. They didn't update the points yet. Not quite. But you yeah. you got to figure that it's in the teens mm. at this point because. So yeah, there's McK- like four cars still in it here, and they're going to Martinsville for the final race of the year. That'll yeah, be fun so to watch. Yeah, McKennedy finished. Uh, yeah, he finished He finished sixth, the last car in the lead lap, mm. by the way. Did Goodale win at Martinsville last fall? He did win at Martinsville, but I don't know yeah, if it he was did. last fall. I can't remember when he did, but he did win recently at Mar- He might have been 2020. He won at Martinsville. Can't remember. Yeah, they lapped up to seven. They lapped up to sixth place. This race would draw the ire of Ron Silk, who would say, "Quote." And I think I got these quotes from again Sean at Race Day CT because these were good quotes. So I got to credit him. Just a stupid day, not entertaining for anybody at the place. I just can't believe. I don't. I understand. You can't just totally manipulate the race, but at some point, you have to try to put on a show for the people that come to watch it. That was embarrassing. It just sucked. I can't believe that's that. That's what we did. It's ridiculous. You got to find a way to throw a caution or something. I don't even know where I finished or where everyone else finished. It's just freaking ludicrous what we did. I don't know what to say. We finally get back to Thompson, and that's the show we put on. I wouldn't have us back. That sucked, end quote. I have a translation for you. Uh, go ahead. Translation. I needed NASCAR to manipulate the race in my favor by by making it not look like manipulation because I really needed tires and we missed a long run setup. Uh, also, we needed some <laughs> points, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, go ahead, Phil. That's pretty I, good. I've had a problem with wheel and modified tour races for a long time because I think single car qualifying is outdated. Especially for a class like that. Now, I'm going by what we started doing with the Wheelman series. I personally really enjoy it. We have group qualifying. They send two to three cars out on the track at a time. You get five laps, pull in. That's your qualifying run. Mm -hmm. Then, once qualifying is completed, they have Ricky Brooks has this large dice and you the, the pole sitter rolls that dice and it's whatever that is plus seven. (laughs) <laughs> That's your invert. So it could be anywhere from 8 to, what's the math, 14? Eight, 8 to 14, 15, whatever it ends up being. But it adds an element of kind of a handicap, not knowing where you're exactly. So you can't you can't really sandbag in qualifying. You could try, but you're still likely going to end up starting in the back. But you're also going to likely have cars that are slow up front, cars that are fast in the mid-pack coming forward. It adds entertainment. And I think those cars have gotten so close together competitive-wise that it's kind of like our series where it's really hard to pass now. You see that a lot of places. The only place you really don't see that is at New Hampshire because obviously the draft comes into play there. But... I don't know. They got to do something to spice it up. And I think a system like that would work really good for that series. Yeah, I think that uh, they usually 
just kind of leave it alone because they kind of expect there to be cautions and pit strategy and for it to work itself out. But uh, this is evidence that it kind of doesn't. So, Well, you're going to have a snoozer once in a while. It's or- once in a while, you're just going to have that. Now- and once in a while, you're going to have a really good race. I mean... If if they were going to be able to throw a yellow, if they had if they had a reason to, Jimmy Wilson said this to series director. He said, mm-hmm. he said if there had been a reason to throw a yellow, we would have put the yellow out. But there was no good reason for a yellow. Now you could he you kinda... could do like our series also does though. Now next year's rules for our series, if you run, and I don't say it has to be this lap number, but if you run forty laps consecutive, green flag, you're going to throw a yellow. Let's get things diced up a little bit. Make it entertaining because at the end of the day, we're racing for us. But if we don't put on a show for the fans, fans ain't going to come back and watch. Well, so we're just supposed to be like, well, here, I kind NASCAR. of I kind of agree to that. But I also find it to be kind of a dangerous mindset that a lot of people are starting to have about racing and that it's more about entertainment than competition. Uh, in my mind, it's kind of not. We don't need dummy flags if a race isn't entertaining, if it's boring. I mean, shit just happens. If the, the, but the boring ones more than make up for the ones that are complete shit shows. I mean, Doug Kobe kind of echoed my sentiments when he said, quote, uh, I don't think it's an embarrassment to the series. I think that it's a testament to the drivers to hang on to the cars that are out there. That's just how racing goes sometimes. I think if the officials want to look at the product and the package that we need to bring to certain races, if something should be different, then they should do that. Yeah. I say take some spoiler away from them. If if you really want to do something like that, take some spoiler away from them. Or those soft as gumball friggin' tires. Or harden the tires up a little bit, make them slide around. More power, slidey tires. I mean, when when you're talking about throwing cautions just just to... you know, to spice things up or to get entertainment value into it, then why is why does NASCAR get complaints that they're always trying to manipulate the race? I, then I do not like auto racing we don't, officials getting involved in changing the outcome of the race by throwing a caution just because they think it's boring. I mean, do we want do we want sports entertainment or do we want actual legitimate motorsports? That's sports WWE out there? shit. Do well, we back want, in the day when which, when you guys grew up in it and you guys were around it a lot more than me when you were younger you had multiple different engine manufacturers or builders you had multiple different chassis builders it it was more diverse now everybody's got basically the same motor so it's heavily reliant on chassis because it's a spec motor yeah yeah so it, it in to to jesse's argument about crate motors just like our class when you all are boxed in it's going to get tight and it's going to get stale. It's happening in the Cup Series right now. It's getting stale. It happened in Wheelman. It's getting stale. And it's starting to get worse in the Wheel and Tour. Yeah. SKs are already there in a lot of cases. Stafford's the outlier because I think that place has still got enough going on for it that you race there enough, you have time to work on your car. Thompson, you get six races in the SKs. With the Modified Tour, what, they ran the... 150 or 125 earlier this year yeah but they've run there for the last like 30 plus years they should have some kind of notebook track changes every year up there so much yeah but it's the same base stafford changes every year too yeah but they have many more races to work on it throughout the year not on the tour (laughs) yeah but a lot of the tour guys do a lot of the tour guys don't come and run every single one of those open races yeah they still they still have like they only have like six open modified races at tom at stafford so i mean well i'll tell you what you know who finished first and second 
Who's that? Those the first and second place guys were the guys that won the other two open modified type races. The fifty-eight ran the misses modifieds and ran the open modified show. Won that won the wheeling show. Mike Christopher Jr. in the seven New York. He ran all the races. Ran all the races as well. <laughs> Guess where he finished? He ran all the SK. Second. He ran all the SK races, and I believe he also ran all the open modified races as well. Ran he second. ran like six races this week. So everybody's going to have to step their game up. But yeah, to Phil's point, if you put everybody in too small of a box, yeah, you get way too high regulation. It's too highly governed and highly regulated. No, for sure. Definitely. And once you get I'm too all... and once you get too high government regulation, you become this. <laughs> I guess we deserve that one. Yeah. You were all waiting for it. Stop. Yeah, we knew. I, I'm I'm all for crate motors in, in spec shocks in lower divisions to keep affordability there. Right. But when if it you comes take to these away. like super late models, tour modifieds, look, you're at the top level of short track racing. Mm-hmm. That's as high as you're going to get. You're going to spend money no matter what. I'm sorry to the small teams. If you can't afford to run with them, go race an SK or an SK Lite. Because honestly, that's where you belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I I think that... Uh, money is... Money, you're not going to stop people from spending money. Exactly. Right. But I think that Doug Kobe does have a point. You can take a little spoiler away or you can make the tires harder. Oh, certainly. Make them, make them a little more yeah. hard to drive and you'll open the field up and you'll see a little bit more passing based on driver skill and ability. You'll find ways around it. You know what I mean? They definitely money can't are fix too slot car Yeah, money can't fix everything. So, all right. Why don't we go into? Are we done with uh, local stuff? Anybody else got any more notes on local stuff? Do we have to talk about NASCAR? Uh, I am only going to be talking talking points. Let's talk about the last five laps of each because that'll be long enough for everything. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, like Riley Herb stepping on his dick like four times. In oh, the he Xfinity does that anyway. race. I didn't see Xfinity. So <laughs> Sheldon Creed got spun by Sage Karam, who blamed it on Noah Gregson hitting him when it happened after Creed was already pretty much spun out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm like Marco Andretti uh, hurt his arm again. Well, he 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 didn't hurt it. Hurt it. He just kind of whacked it. He thought he'd hurt it, but he didn't. So well, he got checked out at the infield care center, but he said it was all right. I was worried about his fat bone. Oh, the fat bone was broken. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, AJ Allmendinger took he the wrecked lead a back. Dog, he wrecked a dog fuck out of Jim Burton. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Jim right. Burton deserved it. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he out. deserved it for saying dog fuck. I mean, <laughs> there's only so many people who suck out loud, and he's one of them. <laughs> like you, you can't make noise when you suck that much. But you, if you're them, you certainly can. <laughs> The only so, reason Jeb Burton is there is because his name Jesus. is fucking Burton. <laughs> it's like Jeffrey Earnhardt. Um, his daddy said Jeffrey that. Jeffrey Earnhardt's got some decent runs under him. Not he that many. Few, well, yeah. I said some. <laughs> some. Uh, Almondinger, he won his like fourth straight race on the Roval. I think he's undefeated. Yeah, he's undefeated on the Roval. Which is funny because the Roval absolutely sucks. 
Um, let's see. Playoffs for Xfinity. You might as well go into this. We got Almondinger. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, you want got something? I absolutely fucking hate this racing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not about the Roval. He loves that shit. The Roval is a parking lot, not a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a dedicated It's not a dedicated road course. That's why I don't like about this. The Andy one. I, you know I don't what? like the Andy one, and I don't like about the Roval is that they're not dedicated road courses. Think, they weren't designed into it. Do you think the Roval would be a good, like, low-level sports car course like the... No. TCR or whatever those guys are. Or... Even the Legends guys don't like the Roval. <laughs> Daytona, okay, so the we, Daytona we Roval Got it. was designed to be a, a road course. Well, yeah, that's like three-something miles, and it's actually pretty fun. It was so. designed when they built the Speedway. Right. So it's I can deal with Daytona. That's fine. It's a, yeah, Except it's a, they put the pussy chicane on the front stretch now. Yeah, Only for NASCAR, though. Did they do it in Isma? No, they only do it for NASCAR. Okay, good. Well, NASCAR doesn't matter there. So, uh, let's see. Thank God. Championship standings: We got Almondinger, Gregson, Ty Gibbs, Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer, and Brandon Jones making it through to the next round. Eliminated were Ryan Sieg, Daniel Hemrick, last year's champion, Riley Herbst, and Jeremy Clements. I expected Not shocked at all of those. I am. I expected all of them to be gone. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cup Roval. Uh, why don't we go into that? Race is pretty much unnecessary now since this car is much better on my See, I, I think that I think that NASCAR and the supporting divisions should all run the playoffs at the same time, even if they don't run races every week. Then you know what? You could just cut the championship twelve down to the championship eight. Then yeah, just go right then and there from eight because no one gives a fuck about one through. Well, you know, eight, 16, nine, 12. Through, nine through twelve, or whatever, in the Xfinity or the Truck Series, no one cares. Well, I think I think the Truck <laughs> Series only starts off with twelve. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I yeah. think Xfinity might do twelve or eight I can't, or sixteen. I can't remember. Yeah, Cup is sixteen. Though. So, I mean, it's I understand Cup many. being sixteen, but it's cut half the other the ones goddamn down. Field, can we not? Yeah, cut the cut the other ones down. Just, I mean, the whole thing sucks, but at least I cut the other amazing, ones down and make them start in the same time. Make it less confusing. I have this amazing concept. Are you ready? Sure. Uh, you count points per race, and then at the end of the season, you tally all the points up, and then whoever has the most is your champion. Oh, okay. Weird, right? Oh, you get point, extra points for leading a lap or something, maybe? Oh, yeah. Like, you could do that or win in a race? Lead a lap or lead the most laps. You get more points. You win the race, well, you could get more points. We could even we could even have a halfway leader award. Yeah. Make them, make them race in the middle of the race a little bit so we're not bored and it doesn't get strung out. Weird, like a $50,000 prize or something from goodies yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Never heard of that. All right. Um, anyway, like I said, this race is pretty unnecessary now because this car is much better on mile and a half than the last car, and the reason the Roval even exists is because the last car was a pile of shit on the big track, so they put them on a road course to try to make it more exciting, and it's stupid. Uh, this was pretty uneventful until a foam board, like an advertising board, caused a caution with like six laps to go. Uh, but at least television got what they uh, kind of wanted out of this finish. Chase Elliott got turned around, but the yellow would fly for Ty Dillon with like two to go. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, they crashed a bunch of them in turn one. Austin Sindrick got punted out of the playoffs in the bus stop. Uh, Chase Briscoe moved every single car out of his way that was in his way, even got a little obvious help from his teammate Cole Custer. I don't care what you're trying to show me with the SMT data. 
there's no way you'd make the corner breaking one extra, one full second later into well, the corner. Give me a fucking break, pal. Don't. Give well, me they're that trying shit. to say, you know, they're trying to go with. They're going to take the communication data, and they're going to review it to see if there's any thing that they have to penalize people for. Yeah, tweet from NASCAR said statement: NASCAR is reviewing data video and radio transmissions from the 41 car following its incident on the backstretch during the final lap. NASCAR will communicate the results of the, of the review early this week. Any potential penalties would not affect the round of eight field. Oh, damn. I thought they were going to add Jeff Gordon back to the field. Yeah, they probably could still at this point. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's completely obvious. Chase Briscoe is trying to tell everybody that he broke into the corner a full second later than he did the last lap. And I'm like, bro, you wouldn't have made the corner if you broke a full second later into the corner. Give Go me on. a break. The guy dumped... Everybody else must have broke a full second later than the, than you know they did the last lap, too, because they ran over Cole Custer going into the corner. So Austin Dillon locked up his left front, so he didn't run over yeah. the 41. And everybody else was running the same speed as Chase Briscoe, so that's kind of strange. And then somehow the 41 ended up backwards against the wall on the front stretch. Weird. Uh, anyway, let me see here. Yeah, it helped him pad the point difference and knock Kyle Larson out of the playoffs. Kyle Larson was trying to blame himself, but it's like, bro, um, it, you can't really. I mean, Kyle I don't, Larson care. Is I don't care. I don't care what mistake you think you made. Um, no, it's not that major. Okay. Oh, I lost a spot. I, I blame myself. It's like, dude, that's racing. Knock it off. Yeah. So the remaining drivers are Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, who won his way in. I think he was out, and he managed to win his way in. Uh, Ryan Blaney, who hasn't won a race all year. Go, Ryan. Please. Yeah, go up. ahead. I want Ryan please. Blaney to win this year because I want him to make NASCAR look stupid. Please, please win this without winning a race. Yes. Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Ross Chastain, and Chase Briscoe. I did not have like any of these guys on my list. Uh, William Byron making it in because of his appeal being overturned. Remember, uh, his point penalty was rescinded, but they just gave him more of a money penalty because NASCAR wants Rick Hendrick in there. Um, let's see. Just, uh, let's see, Larson, Suarez, Sindrick, and Bowman, who is still out with a head injury, were all eliminated. Uh, did you see Chase Elliott pushing the TV camera away all pissy at the end of the race? Fucking clown. Well, no, I didn't see that, but what a baby. He was talking to William Byron, and the camera was behind him, and he like tried to shoo them away and like grabbed the camera and pushed it, and it was like, get out of here. And it's like, bro... You're under a microscope. Just deal with it. I know you're probably pissed yeah. off that you got spun out, but like that guy's just doing his job. Can you not? <laughs> Can you not? Yeah. It's just like, dude, you're always constantly under a microscope. You always have a camera in your face. You're if on that stage. Was Kyle Bush or Bubba. Oh my the god. The world would be just it would be the apocalypse this right now. This is true right now. Twitter. Oh, absolutely. This I'm is not, true. I'm not denying that in any way. This is true. So we're gonna hold Chase Elliott to the same standard. You know, guess he's what? A, you're on shit. He always has been a spoiled little prick. Yeah, you're on a stage. Get over it. Perform. The monkey. only reason he's the most popular driver is because of Daddy. Mm -hmm. Right. If his last name wasn't Elliot, he would never get any of those awards. God no. If it was he Chase, be driving for Hendrick. Either. If it was Hell Chase no. Hamlin, <laughs> <laughs> he would be boo. 
Boo, baby, boo. Uh, yeah. And I love Bill Elliott. He's, I think he's great, probably to me, one of the top 10 personalities in the sport of all time. He has a personality? Top 10 drivers. No, I just, the way he is, and, and he's low key, but also. Not I couldn't understand a friggin' word Boomhauer had to say anyway, you know, on King no, of the Hill. Boomhauer drove the 22 Caterpillar car. Oh, well, he, I could hear what he had to say he, because he was, he said things very slowly and deliberately. That's how people from Georgia do it. Well, he's from Virginia. Yeah. But yeah. Chase, Chase is just a spoiled little kid. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> Half the field is spoiled little kids. That's why. Unfortunately, I'm, three I'm quarters of the very field. disenchanted with the top series with the cup series xfinity uh i'm all right with still because there's a lot of young kids in there and it's still makes it interesting but full of spoiled idiots when when we lose guys like denny hamlin and kyle bush and kevin harvick when they all retire that it's no it's not gonna be fun anymore yeah nope i agree it's true so I'm out of notes except for the Formula One debacle that happened in Japan that I didn't take any notes on. Anybody else hear about that? No. Uh, no. It rained and Verstappen won the title. That's all I know. It rained, and I think they look, were calling it at like halfway because the rain was so bad, and that usually means you only get half points. And then later on, um, F1 was like, um, oh, uh, Verstappen wins the title because he gets full points. And it's like, wait a minute, didn't they just run half the race? No, no, full points. Wasn't Verstappen ahead by like 6,000 races? Something like that, yeah. I think he was when they started the season. Wasn't he locked up? Oh, yeah, right, when he he started the season. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I got it. And now there's this controversy over the cost cap breach to, I don't know who the hell, this uh, Red Bull, I think, spent way too much money. Oh, and who the fuck cares? FIA is like doing nothing about it, and it's like, oh, you're just shooting yourselves in the foot. No wonder I stopped watching. Uh, the French Indecision Agency, that's what FIA is. I was so <laughs> excited about F1 to start the season because last year was so good. And then this year has just been a complete shit show. Yeah, I have. Whoops, haven't had any interest in watching since probably race three or four. And I like Verstappen. I think he's he's hilarious because he just doesn't give a fuck. He's like Ross Chastain, but actually has real talent. He's in the running. His father has personality, yeah. and it's a bad one. Yeah, he's a <laughs> spoiled little prick who I'd like to slap. Um, yes, but he could drive a damn car. He was forced to drive a car. But moving on, uh, because... or they'd leave him at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound of the crickets from when his father left him at the gas station when he didn't win a race. Yes. Well, that's going to be just like Keelan Harvick and Owen Larson and Ty Gibbs. What's boy, yeah. Yeah, Ty Gibbs, Boyer's kid, all of them. I'm sorry. I have no idea what I'm watching here. Anyway. Um, Get off a of Pornhub. I was on Twitter searching F1, and, well, I'll I'll, I'll show you later. <laughs> anyway. I don't care. I don't, he does not care. I don't care. End of the show. All right. I'm done. Anybody else got any final parting thoughts? All the money that I spent was well worth it. I had fun. This is our shortest show in about three months. <laughs> Phil. 
I'm sending you the tweet that I saw while searching for F1. <laughs> that popped up on my feed. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platforms. I'm waiting for the reaction. You can find us on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brankleason01. By the way, send us feedback to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com or send us a voicemail to anchor.fm slash makinglaps. By the way, guys, I forgot to mention... It's at the beginning of the show because they've already shut it off. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention that I met up with our Seekonk correspondent, Sean Miner, at the track. He came by and saw us. So, nice. got to meet him. Cool to see him and his dad. All right, you can find Phil at... Get him away from that thing, Jesse. You can find me at, uh, at TJ Tracy. Get him away from it. On I told Facebook, you. Instagram, Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. This is why they shut it off. You can find Jesse here. Choking your child. Good, he needs it. All right. All right, boy. How do we end the show? Say it nice or else you're banned. Hold on. My nose was bloody today. Yay. And Keep your it, finger out of there. It won't be. It, it, did, not, <laughs> it did not go out well. Keep the dirty side down. Thank you for listening. He's now banned. Keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I don't want to be. Well, you are. I'm not. Halloween's coming too. Can't wait to it. give them all that sugar. <laughs>